0: Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Gyananjana Shalakaya, Chakshuran Melitam Yena, Tasma Shri Gurave Namaha, Shri Chaitanyamano Bhishtam, Stapitam Yena Bhutale, Swayam Rūpah Dadātisva Padāntikaṁ Vandehaṁ Śrī Guru Śrī Yutapadakamalam Kamalaṁ Śrī Gurun Vaiṣṇavaṁścā Śrī Rūpam Sāgrajātaṁ Sahagana Raghunāthānmitam Tamsajīvaṁ Sādvaitam Sāvadhūtaṁ Parijana Sahitam Krishnacetanya Devam Śrī Radha Krishna Padan. सह गण हे श्री विशाखान वितामश्च हे कृष्ण दीनबंधो जगतपते गोपेश गोपिका कांत राधा कांत नमोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरांगे राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानु सुते देवी प्रनामामि हरिप्रिये वांछाकल्पतरुभ्यश्च कृपासिन्धुभ्य एवच Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishna Vibhyo Namo Namaha Namo Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Shri Mathe Bhaktivedanta Svame Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Vani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadhi Pascatya Deshatarine Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaura Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Rama, Rama, Rama. Hare 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 Krishna Welcome to the sixth epi- fifth episode, yeah, fifth episode of this um, shloka learning course and today's topic is how to understand shlokas. So yesterday in the episode four we did um, how to sing the shlokas or recite the shlokas in the proper tunes, in the correct tunes and today is about understanding them and tomorrow is about remembering them and applying them long term. So these three components are there, tune helps us to understand the shloka, sorry, tune helps us recite the shloka in in the proper tune, but you may not understand the shloka yet Like, you know, we have children here who can chant the Brahma Samhita prayers, all the prayers, but um, out of memory. They can chant out of memory, but they won't be able to explain. They won't know the meaning. So you can still memorize shlokas without knowing their meaning. Uh, If you know the tune, it will help because the tune helps you remember. But then, if you want to quote them anytime, you can't really do it because you don't know what it means. So therefore, the next thing is, the next step, is to know the meaning. And even if you know the meaning, and you know the tune, if you don't repeat it every time, and use it while you are preaching, or just when you are alone, if you don't chant it, and even when you chant it, you have, you have to contemplate with the meaning and chant, not just blindly chant. And then, as you repeat every time, so, you will remember it again. Because even if you understand the shloka, even if you can chant the shloka ri- nicely in the tune, but if you don't practice chanting it yourself and especially in preaching, when when talking to others, we have to always... It, it, is, it does not come naturally in the beginning. It does not come naturally. We always want to just speak in... Suppose, like, uh, if you are comfortable in English, you would just want to speak the whole philosophy in English. But interspersing the, the talk with quotations from Sanskrit, forcing you to bring it out of your memory, that's when you will actually uh, start to remember it for a long time, you will never forget. So that is very important. So that's why these three components I am um, I'm, I'm putting in that order. So first is to understand the shloka, I mean sorry, to, to be able to recite the shloka in the proper tune then about understanding it and then the techniques for how to remember these shlokas for a long time, for, for long time um, whole life. You know. So that's the whole idea. <clears throat> and to able to not only remember, Vidya, knowledge is something which you can remember only when you share it. The more you keep it to yourself and not share it, you cannot remember actually, you will forget over time. Knowledge is like this. Um, money maybe you can keep it and uh, if you give it away, it will become lesser. But uh, of course the law of karma is there, you will get back in return. So, especially it is true with Vidya, knowledge. And knowledge about Krishna consciousness is something which chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked us to share. Yare dekha tarekha krishna upadesh. Amar agya guru haiya tarai desh we have to preach krishna consciousness we have to speak about krishna so these shlokas are very important so today's um, topic is how to understand the shlokas understand them right <clears throat> so the um, bridge the bridge between our current state of knowledge of the shlokas that means almost let us say we are starting from scratch, we do not know anything. From this point to the point where we can actually understand, it is basically not just about language because Sanskrit is a foreign language for us now because we do not speak it, we do not write it, we do not use it anymore. So, <clears throat> times have changed now. English is mostly, of course, um, according to statistics, Chinese is the most spoken lang- language in the world, but still. English is generally used all over the world as an international language <coughs> and that has become the norm now. So, we have been used to English or other languages or our mother tongue. So, to understand the shlokas, basically you have to understand Sanskrit. So, we don't have to become a scholar again, that, that's not what I am saying. But, from Śrīla Prabhupāda's laborious um, uh, task that he did you know of translating each and every single word that is such a blessing so that is the bridge between our our current state to the state where we can actually understand the slokas that word-to-word meaning therefore as i have many times repeated and i will say it again that the word-to-word meanings the synonyms that Srila Prabhupada has included in his books are the most underrated contribution of Srila Prabhupada hardly understood this this contribution is hardly appreciated or appreciated means of course devotees appreciate prabhupadas i mean they have i mean they are grateful for Prabhupada for giving us all this knowledge but especially to appreciate the importance of the word to word meanings that is not very much understood because the culture of learning shlokas is not taken very seriously only very few devotees actually take the initiative to understand. So we just want to change that. In this this whole purpose of this course is so that to inspire you so that you can take the shlokas very seriously and um, you know try to understand them and it's not at all difficult. As Srila Prabhupada many times said we have already shared in the first session and I think in the third session as well, Malati Priya who was online, she shared a comment and we read that. So Srila Prabhupada always said many times that if you just put a little effort, you can actually get the hold of this. So, it's not very difficult. Even if you are completely foreign to this language, it doesn't matter. Just effort. Day by day, step by step, little by little, we can learn. All right. So let's get into it. Thank you all for coming and uh, saying Hare Krishna, Yuvraj Gupta Prabhu, Swati Mataji from Hyderabad and Jessica, Jessica Shah Mehta. Onidatta from Bangladesh, Vanajaksamataji from Singapore and Kishari. So, sorry, I don't know where you're from. <laughs> but anyway, thank you all of thank all of you for coming online. And so let's begin it. So just like a, let's take a very simple verse as it is on the screen, as you can see here. Very basic verse. And when we say basic, don't um, think it is very oh, uh, yeah, it, it's it's just starting for Kindergarten, no. Prabhupada said, <laughs> our knowledge starts at the point where the scientists cannot even imagine. What the scientists cannot even know is beyond their jurisdiction of knowledge. That is our starting point, where they haven't even reached and where they will, I do not know when they will at all reach there. That is our starting point. Because the soul is something which the scientists do not understand at all. So when we say basics, it is not like um, ah, this is you know kindergarten stuff, no, it is already better than the normal PhD. So, we are starting at that point, but in this spiritual knowledge, this is the starting point. So, therefore, we say basics, right? So, Dehinosmin Yatha Dehe Kaumaram Yauvanam Jara Tatha Dehantara Praptir Dhiras Tatra Na Mohyati Bhagavad Gita chapter 2, text 13. So. Now, we have heard this verse, verse many times and we also kind of know the meaning. Okay? As the embodied soul passes from boyhood to youth to old age, uh, the soul similarly passes to, into another body at death. Now, if I ask you, what is the word in this shloka that means old age? Hmm, then you have to stop for a while and start thinking. That's what I want to get you at so each word we should have complete awareness of what it means and in the whole context of the verse. Okay, and what is the word for soul in this whole sloka? Because usually, usually we know soul as atma, but the word atma doesn't exist here. This verse doesn't have the word atma. In fact, the whole second chapter, the in the descriptions of from eleventh verse to the 30th verse, 20 verses, where where Krishna is actually speaking about the soul and body and how we are different. Yes, Vanajakshya Mataji has said Jara. Yes, that is the correct word. So, and what is the word for soul? If any of you know, please drop it in the comments. Don't see the word to word. Don't cheat. (laughs) I know it's right there, but let's see if you can get it right. So Krishna has spoken from 11th verse to 30th verse about the soul. He never once used the word Atma. Not once. Then how did he speak about the whole thing? What is the word that he used for soul? You know, I don't know if you can get it right. <laughs> Any guesses? For what is the word for soul here? So, why I want to question like this is because we have to understand that there are many words which can describe the same thing. And one word can describe many things, and many words can describe the same thing. So, in this way, we have to. Dehina, yes, that is the word. Dehina, the first word itself is soul. Why? The Dehina, Dehina, how is it coming? So, there is the word Deha, and if you see this, this is Dehe, that means in the body, just like in that that verse that I shared with, uh, from Mukundamala Sutra. Krishne tiṣṭhati viṣvame Krishne means in Krishna. So Deha is body. Dehe means in the body. So the root word is Deha means body. Dehe means in the body. Dehinah means of the embodied. Embodied, when you say embodied, that means covered by the body. That means there is something inside which is covered by the body. So the soul is described as something which is covered by the body of the embodied. That means in the body there is something else which is actually the person. So that is the word for the soul here. And just, we will jump to another verse just to give the context and then come back here. If we go to 2.22. Here, vāsāmsi jirināni, okay not this one, I want to go to, here also, the word, okay here there is a word with that, uh, I want to go to, yes this one, next one, 223, nainam chindanti shastrāni nainam dahati pāvakah, na chainam kleda yantyāpo, na shoshayati marutah, now here, If you see the translation, the soul can never be cut into pieces by any weapon, nor burned by fire, nor moistened by water, nor withered by the wind. Now, the soul, what is the word for the soul here? Here, as you can see in the word-to-word, enam, this soul. But, the actual meaning of the word enam is not this soul. Enam means this. Enam means this. So why is it translated this whole? Because we need to understand it in the context of the previous verses. Because it's a continuation of a topic. So Krishna is speaking from 11th verse all the way. Actually 12th verse. 11th verse he just chastised Arjuna. That you are lamenting for a subject matter which no uh, learned person laments. So you are actually a fool by lamenting on this uh, base of the body. So 12th verse is where he actually starts. Natve vaham you know, there is no time that we have not existed and now we are existing as separate individuals and the future will continue to exist. So that is where the eternality of the soul is beginning to be explained by Krishna. So from 12th verse to 30th verse, he is talking about the soul. So we have to understand this sloka in the context of the previous shlokas. So we cannot say, oh anam the soul, Okay, enam means soul, no, because it is Okay, let's see anam. dictionary okay enum you see I do not know if you can see maybe I will what I will do I will increase the font size to that and see if it helps enum okay you see that enum you see how many times this particular this brackets body This one, Britasura, the deer calf, these, Lord Brahma against him, the king of heaven Indra, Prahlad Maharaj, about the soul, Krishna. See how many, it is not that Enam means all these things. You see, Enam means this. So in the context of what is being spoken about, therefore we have to understand. So we have to be careful when we are going to this word to word. Uh, So we have to understand it in the context of the previous verses sometimes. Uh, sometimes it is quite clear, straight straight up but sometimes you need context and that's where we need to understand the full translation of the previous verses as well. Now here is where it can get a little dangerous if you are not careful because one single word, okay okay, enum is quite a simple word, it just means this but there are words in Sanskrit which can mean many things. And which is the correct meaning of that word which should be taken in, the, in this particular in in a particular sloka or a context is to be understood only from a pure devotee. Because there is a, you know, uh, Shankaracharya, he has propagated Mayavadi philosophy, impersonalistic philosophy. And what he did, in fact, was manipulate the Sanskrit grammar. He manipulated the Sanskrit grammar to churn out meanings which were not actually intended, but you can churn out that meaning because of the many many meanings that a word can have. So, he chose the meaning which was obscure, it was not the real intended meaning but he chose another meaning and then got to another uh, conclusion and he preached that conclusion. Therefore, Śrīla Prabhupāda did not want us to become big big Sanskrit scholars. Uh, in fact, there was one uh, devotee, I don't know if it was Achitananda Prabhu or somebody, I don't know who Achyotānanda Swami or I don't know who exactly but he wanted to he asked Prabhupada that, uh, Srila Prabhupada, please bless me so that I can become, I am trying to study Sanskrit under this, This I don't know who, somebody was learning under. So he said, I am learning under this particular person, uh, So uh, because you are my guru, so please bless me uh, that I would be successful in my Sanskrit study. So Prabhupada said, yeah, I will give you my blessings to go to hell. So because, wh- why he said that? <laughs> because... If we try to become too much of a Sanskrit scholar and override Śrīla Prabhupāda. Hmm? Oh, no, 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 Prabhupād, no, just like I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. There was one devotee who left the movement because of this Sanskrit. He thought he was a big Sanskrit scholar. Hmm. You see this verse, 15, 6. chapter 15, text 6. Hmm? Natadhasayate Suryo Nivartante Taddhama Paramam. You see the translation of it. That supreme abode of mine is not illumined by the sun or moon, nor by fire or electricity. Those who reach it never return to this material world. That word is interesting, electricity. See there? Now, if you see the Sanskrit, because obviously. Electricity as we know it today is not in existence when Krishna spoke the Bhagavad Gita. The word is pavakaha, which Prabhupada translated as sorry electricity. Fire, comma electricity. Pavakaha means actually fire. But he also added the word electricity here because fire can be manipulated into electricity. Electricity can be manipulated into fire. So, just that, you know, when he says there is no sun, there is no moon, there is no fire, then you may think, oh maybe there is electricity in the the spiritual world, so he put that also aside, no. And Pavakaha, fire can also mean electricity, of course, we have heater, we have of course cooling also, the temperature can be manipulated by electricity, right, and if you see, Electricity is in existence, it is not that, you know, what is that, who is the one who created, I mean, invented electricity, what is his name, that scientist, maybe you can put it in the comments, so, uh, I forget, (laughs) we learned this in the school, but I tend to forget it, so anyway, so, electricity is always there, it is not, it is not that something he invented that scientist, like for example, lightning, what is the lightning, it is electricity, and that is also fire, it burns right? So, electricity is always in existence. It's not that we have invented something Benjamin Franklin. Thank you Vishnu Teja. <laughs> okay, I'm totally cut off from the scientific world for so long now. I've forgotten all these things. So, anyway. So, um, Benjamin Franklin, he is not the one who has created electricity. No. We cannot We cannot at any time create something which is already not there. For example, the, the, the system of broadcast. Now we have this Facebook live. This was already in existence and Sanjaya could see the battlefield of Kurukshetra and narrated to Dhritarashtra, the blind king, how he was in the palace, Sanjaya was in the palace, but by the mercy of Vyasadeva, he had this ability to see the broadcasting power he has got. Not the broadcasting but the reception of the broadcast. So Vyasadeva has given him that Divya Drishti, that... that um, that uh, vision, the power to see what was relayed you know, so far away from Hastinapur to Kurukshetra. It is quite a distance. You can't see anything from Hastinapur to, to Kurukshetra, but you could see. So, these systems are already in place. It's not that we have invented anything. So, to think that, oh, this you know, Prabhupada has translated wrongly, you know, pavaka means fire, why did he say electricity? Uh, these kind of things will ruin our spiritual life. Therefore, we should not try to supersede Prabhupada and say, Oh, Prabhupada actually translated wrongly. No, he never translates wrongly. Remember one thing. Srila Prabhupada said to one guest when this, this happened. So I have already narrated this before. So, this guest was asking, wow, Prabhupada, your books are so nice and perfect. You know, I am really enjoying your books. Then Prabhupada said, um, No, those are not my books. They are Krishna's books. They are Krishna's books. You know, they are not my books. So, when he said that, then one of the disciples, he was trying to explain it to the guest. No, you know, what Prabhupada means is, you know, it's all Krishna's words and Prabhupada has realized, you know, the meaning, the, the inner meanings of the words of Krishna and then he, Prabhupada said, no, Krishna has dictated and I wrote. So, we should never take Srila Prabhupada's words to be just like, uh, just like maybe, you know, an ordinary soul who is, trying to share his realizations, of whatever his state of realization is. No, he is talking from a platform which is completely dictated by Krishna. If you know, there is in the um, Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya, there is uh, Balade Vidya Bhushan, who is the guru of, not exactly the... Actually, Jagannath Das Babaji's guru was Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur and his contemporary was Balade Vidya Bhushan and he is also coming in the Gaudiya Vaishnava Sampradaya only. And Baladevidya Bhushan wrote a commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. It was a story, it is a, it is a episode by itself, what happened, why he had to write. So anyway, the, the point I am trying to make is, when he had to write, uh, Dev Devji, Radha Govindev. So Govindev is Rupa Goswami's deity. So they have been shifted to Jaipur now, uh, during the Muslim invasion that time. So the deities were carried from... Vrindavan all the way to Jaipur and now they are still in Jaipur there. So, the Govindadev deity was actually dictating to him what to write and he was just writing the dictation of Govindadev. It is not that he that he did not understand what Govindadev was saying. Of course he understood. But it was directly the words of Govindadev ji and as he was dictating he was writing. So when pure devotees write, that's why it is said in the CC Chaitanya charitamrita Adilila Chapter 2, text 86. If we go, I have shown this many times, but it is always good to reiterate because we should never, never at all understand or misunderstand that the spiritual master is an ordinary soul. So, you see this verse, Brahma Pramad Vipralipsa Karana, part of Arshavigya Dosha Eshab. Mistakes, illusions. Cheating and defective perception do not occur in the sayings of the authoritative sages. Now, just remember this. Mistakes, illusions, cheating and defective perception do not occur in the sayings of authoritative sages. Just remember that. I will go to another verse which is very similar. Thank you everybody for coming on and saying Hare Krishna. Sorry I am not responding. Usually, I am in the flow of the class. So, but... um, of course, I am seeing all of you who are saying Hare Krishna in the comments. And I thank you very much for coming on and taking interest in the subject. Very important subject. Okay, Now here, Chetana Charitamrita, Adalila, just now it was chapter 2, text 86. Now chapter 7, text 107. Same starting. Brahma, Prama, Vipralipsa, Karana, Patav, Ishwarer Vakye, Nahi, Dosha, eishava. The material defects of mistakes, illusions, cheating and sensory inefficiency do not exist in the words of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And if you go to the other verse, mistakes, illusions, cheating and defective perception do not occur in the sayings of the authoritative sages. Why? Because the sages speak, not sages, not all sages, because Muni means a philosopher. He can have many, A Muni can have his own philosophy, you know, he may have his own philosophy. It it does not, Muni doesn't mean immediately he is a pure devotee, no. But Munindra, Munindra means the, the chief of the Munis, are the devotees, Are the, the best philosophers are the devotees because they have the perfect philosophy because they take philosophy from Krishna and not only just take it, they also realize it. As they follow the process, they will also realize it progressively. <coughs> and here it is said that Krishna's words have no imperfections and devotees' words are all, have also no imperfection because they just repeat the words of Krishna and <coughs> whatever they say is inspired by Krishna. <coughs> so therefore you should never find fault with Śrīla um, Prabhupāda's translations. Even though with our so-called Sanskrit uh, scholarship, we may understand it differently, but this secret of Bhagavad-gītā is not in the language, is not in the language. Why we are learning language then? Why we are learning the Sanskrit all? Yes! It will help. Prabhupāda also wanted us to learn a little bit of Sanskrit. But the secret is not in the sanskrit because there are so many sanskrit scholars who have commented on the gita so many of them but they have got uh, come to the wrong conclusion about gita sarvepalli radhakrishnan the first president of india he was a phd in sanskrit and he wrote his own commentary on bhagavad gita mahatma gandhi has written his own commentary on bhagavad gita but they have been defective they have been defective because the secret is not in sanskrit you see 4th chapter, 3rd verse sakha cheti rahasyam That very ancient science of the relationship with the Supreme is today told by me to you huh? because you are my devotee as well as my friend and, there, and can therefore understand the transcendental mystery of the science. Krishna said, Bhakto sime sakha cheti rahasyam Rahasya means secret and you can understand Arjuna because you are bhaktosime sakha cheti. You are my devotee as well as my friend. He did not say, because Arjuna you are the greatest Sanskrit scholar in, the, in today's age, therefore I am speak, speaking to you because this Sanskrit can only be understood by you. No, he never said that. In fact, he was not a Brahmin, he was not a Pandit. Arjuna was not a Pandit, he was not a sannyasi. he was never a Brahmachari. I mean, he was, I mean in the beginning of course he was a bachelor but he was not a. at the time of the bhagavad gita he already had four wives and you know he was such a politician he was in the politics he was a king and uh, he was a warrior and kshatriya not a sannyasi, not a brahmachari not a brahmin why why did krishna choose arjuna then there are there were so many sages at that time huh? why did not he choose others because bhaktosime sakha cheti rahasyam heta You can understand because you are uh, Bhakta. Only Bhakta can understand Krishna. Uh, even sometimes Krishna himself cannot understand him, but Bhakta can understand <laughs> this, uh, this was uh, um, uh, the secret behind Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance. Krishna could not understand how come Radharani is having such happiness and she's having such attractiveness that she can attract me i am already atmarama i am so self sufficient self sufficient in my own happiness i don't need anything to make me happy i'm already and people actually become happy by chanting even my name ramante so so the yogis they chant my name and they get happiness just by chanting my name so, I am the source of happiness for everybody. Rama means the reservoir of pleasure. He is the reservoir of pleasure. But Krishna was thinking in this way, actually Chaitanya charitamrita explains this in the beginning. But how is it that I am attracted to Radharani? How is it that I am attracted to Radha? How is it that I can be attracted by something that means that something is more powerful than me? How is it possible? So, and also he noticed that Radharani, Krishna was already completely happy and, you know, he is completely, you know, in his own happiness. But Radharani is 100 times more happy than him. So, he, it was very bewildering for him. So, then um, he wanted to know why, how, how is this possible that by thinking of me, she is becoming more happy than me also. Then he wanted to taste what Radha tastes in her happiness, and therefore he took his form as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to understand Radharani's mood of and how why she is so great. So this is of course very confidential subject, but you know we can understand that um, to understand Krishna, one has to be a devotee. Sometimes Chaitanya Mahaprabhu tried to hide himself because channa avatar, no? He is uh, hidden avatar. He doesn't proclaim himself as God. But immediately when Rupa Goswami said, Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishna Krishna Chetanya Namane Gaurat Vishyana Mahi he said, Oh, most magnanimous incarnation of Krishna. You know, you have given pure love of Godhead which even Krishna also did not give. Oh, then, no, 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 he you know, he covered his ears. Chetan Mahaprabhu, he doesn't accept. But Rupa Goswami immediately found out. How? Although others could not find out, even now, many people think Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was only a saint of the medieval India. That's all. That's all they understand about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But they don't understand him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Even Vaishnava Sampradayas, they don't understand. And Prabhupada was saying in one lecture the other day, I was hearing um, that even Vallabhacharya Sampradaya, their followers, Nimbarka, sorry, Nimbarkacharya, yeah, Vallabhacharya is from, yeah, in that, in that Sampradaya. So, in that sampradaya, Nimbarkacharya sampradaya, although they follow Radha Krishna, they accept Chaitanya Mahaprabhu only as a, as a saint, as a devotee, as a great devotee, but not exactly as a supreme personality of Godhead. That understanding is very, very confidential. Very confidential. And um, there it is not it is not that we have made this up. No, it is there in the Bhagavatam also, it is there. Krishna Varnam Tvisha Krishna, Uh, There is also in the Vishnu Shastra Namastotra. So, these verses are there describing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Actually, there are also compilations of all the Shastric quotations which uh, validify or what is that? I don't know if there is a word validify. But they validate, sorry, yeah, validate, <laughs> validate the, the supremacy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Krishna himself. So this is not a concoction that we have made, no. It is there in the Shastra, but not many people understand this. And uh, this is what uh, we need to understand that Abhakta, he can understand. So when Srila Prabhupada is mentioning his translations, we have to take them as gospel truth. If our understanding differs, that is our imperfection. Therefore, Shankracharya, although he did all that manipulation of grammatical rules and churned out different deviant meanings of the Vedas, he did it on the order of Narayan. Let's see that because before we proceed any further in learning Sanskrit, let's get this very clear that we are not here to become Sanskrit scholars at all. It's a dangerous path to take in fact. Let us become devotees and understand that much Sanskrit as is helpful for us to understand Srila Prabhupada's translations and become faithful follower of Srila Prabhupada. Not to become or supersede him and try to become better, you know, this thing. The moment we try to do that, our fall down is just imminent. In fact, we have already fallen down if we think like that. So, I will just show you this. Shankaracharya's mission is a thankless mission. You see, this is from the Shaitanya Charitamrita Adilila, chapter 7, text 109 and 110. And in the 110, we will find so many quotations in the purport. Pad Shankracharya has described all the Vedic literatures in terms of indirect meanings. One who hears such explanations is ruined. Taha Shravanin Sarvakarya. Same. Shankracharya is not at fault. For it is under the order of the Supreme Personality of Godhead that He has covered the real purpose of the Vedas. Hmm. See, Sankracharya is not at fault. You see this now. In the purport here, you see this. This is confirmed in the Padma Puran in the words of Lord Shiva Himself. Maya vadam asachastram prachan nambaudhamuchyate mayai Vakalpitaṁ devi kalo Rūpina brahmanascha param rupam nirgunam Vakshate maya. Sarvasvam jagat opyasya mohan artham kalau yuge vedan mahashastre maya vadam avaidikam Vavakshate tedevi jagatam nashakaranath nashakaranath for the purpose of destruction. See, Rudra, Lord Shiva is in charge of the destruction, you know, the tandavan ritya he does and destroys the whole universe. He also, under, order of, under the order of Lord Narayana, he also destroyed, you know, the Nasha Karanath. Nasha means destruction. Karanath means by the cause. Mm. So, you see the translation. He, so, he also destroyed the Vedic culture in this way. It is not that Lord Shiva wanted to do this. No, it, it is by the order. There is purpose. You may ask why God you know, wanted the Vedic culture to be lost. Everything has a purpose. Don't jump and you know, challenge the Lord. He, everything has a purpose. Okay? We just have to understand that it is the Lord's purpose. Sometimes we cannot understand His purpose. Most of the time we cannot understand His purpose. Um, And it doesn't matter, we don't have to understand his purpose, we have to just be a faithful devotee of Krishna. That's it. So, now here you see the Mayavad philosophy, Lord Shiva informed his wife Parvati, is impious, asachastra, it is covered Buddhism, it is veiled Buddhism. Buddhism means they say there is no God. What is that? Bauddhahoita Nastik. Vedana Maniya, Bauddhahoita Nastik. So, uh, Buddhists are considered atheists because they don't accept the Vedas. Uh, if you accept God, uh, if you don't accept God or you don't accept His word, because there is no difference between His word and Him, so you are an atheist. That's classification. So, because Vedana maniya bauddha hoita Nastik. That's why they are Gnostic or atheists. So, Mayavad philosophy, Lord Shiva is explained to Parvati. The Mayavad philosophy is impious, asachasra. It is covered Buddhism. It is hidden Buddhism only. My dear Parvati, in Kali Yuga, I assume the form of a Brahmana and teach this imagined Mayavada philosophy. In order to cheat the atheists, I describe the supreme personality of Godhead to be without form and without qualities. Similarly, in explaining Vedanta, I describe the same Mayavada philosophy in order to mislead the entire population toward atheism by denying the form by personal form of the Lord. So look at that. That's why it's so that's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanders. Uh, what is that? Mayavad Bhashasanila Hoy Sarvanash. If we listen to this Mayavad philosophy, that's why we cannot hear this Bhagavad Gita commentaries by this and that, Swami and this, you know, yogi and no, no, no. They're all Mayavadis. Our spiritual life will be ruined. We will be filled with doubts. Our doubts will never be cleared if we keep on reading them. Now, in the Shiva Puran, more more evidence. You see, in the Shiva Puran, the Supreme Personality of God had told Lord Shiva. Dvaparado yuge bhutva kalaya manushadishu swagamayikal pitaisthvamcha janan madvimukhan kuru. Janan madvimukhan kuru. Turn the people away from me. In the Kali Yuga, mislead the people in general by propounding imaginary meanings for the Vedas to bewilder them. These are the descriptions of Puranas. See that? You see? this is confirmed in the padma puran where lord shiva tells parvati Shranu devi pravakshami tamasani yathakramam yesham shravana matrena you see yesham shravana matrena patityam jnaninam api just by hearing this philosophy patitya means fall down even great learned scholars will fall down just by hearing this mayavad philosophy of mine such such mislead, um, misleading i have done I will do in the Kali Yuga. You know, who can defeat Lord Shiva? You know, Lord Shiva is the greatest devotee. When Lord Narayana asked him to mislead, Lord Shiva can do that service in such a way that nobody can defeat that philosophy in that way. Of course, Ramanujacharya later on defeated him because that philosophy, an untruth will never prevail. jayate. So, it can be defeated if one takes shelter of Krishna only. Without taking shelter of Krishna, without being a Vaishnava. One can never defeat. If we just approach the Mayavad philosophy without Vaishnava understanding, and even if a Vaishnava tries to understand a Mayavad philosophy without the commentary of Vaishnavas, without the protection of the Acharya's explanations like Srila Prabhupada, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Rāmanuja Acharya, who has who have strove so strongly you know combated this Mayavad philosophy. If you don't take shelter of them, and if we just try to oh, let me I'm already Vaishnava, no, I will not fall down. I will just you know try to understand what is Shankaracharya's philosophy, let me see. Oh, that is suicidal, that is suicidal, okay? we should never think ourselves so great as we can tackle Lord Shiva himself, Shankaracharya is Lord Shiva himself, no, we can never tackle him. So, he, he can bewilder the mind like this, you know, therefore he said, Shrunu Devi Pravakshami Tamasani Yathakramam Yesham Shravana just by hearing. Not just a fool will be oh I can I, I will fool the, the less intelligent people. You know, no, even the most learned scholars will be fooled by my philosophy. Because who can be more learned than Lord Shiva? Mm. So when he presents something in a way which even the I mean the best learned scholars cannot cannot handle and they fall down. api <laughs> apartham Karma sarva karma my dear wife, hear my explanations of how I have spread ignorance through Mayavad philosophy. Simply by hearing it, even an advanced scholar will fall down. In this philosophy, which is certainly very inauspicious for people in general, I have misrepresented the real meaning of the Vedas and recommended that one give up all activities in order to achieve freedom from karma. See, in this Mayavad philosophy, I have described the Jivatma and Paramatma to be one and the same. Look at that. You see, in the the last part, he says, the Mayavadi philosophers have presented their argument in arguments in such attractive flowery language, that hearing Mayavad philosophy may sometimes change the mind of even a Mahabhagavat, or very advanced devotee. An actual Vaishnava cannot tolerate any philosophy that claims God and the living being to be one and the same. We don't even know how dangerous this Mayavad philosophy is, you know. That has actually promoted the atheism, because if, because he said, spiritual life means to just completely nullify everything and make it zero and void. Stop all activities. Huh? But by nature, we want to be active. So, who wants to stop all activities? Of course, there are some who want to do it. They want to become one with God in that in that illusion they will go. But majority of them will be, No, no, no. I, uh, why Why do I want to stop everything? No, no, no. I am quite happy doing something. I want to always do something. So, they do material activities. Because they have no information of spiritual activities. Oh, if that is spirituality, stopping everything, then I don't want it i prefer materialism so because uh, and that ha, that is how our material civilization has become so rampant in kali yuga because of the mayavad philosophy so therefore Shankaracharya himself said in his poem mohamudgara he said uh, bhaja govindam bhaja govindam govindam bhajam mudhamate samprapte sannihite kale nahi nahi rakshati dukhrin karane dukhrin karane means the grammatical Manipulation, Dukhrin means it's one of the grammatical um, uh, parts of grammar anyway, grammatical study, Vyakaran. So, Dukhrin Karanya means with all this grammatical manipulation, I have changed this meaning. Samprapte Sannihite kale nahi nahi rakshati Dukhrin Karanya. These philosophy of Mayavad that I have done, this manipulation of grammar and churning out improper meanings, this Mayavad philosophy will not help you at the time of death. Bhajagovindam, Bhajagovindam, Govindam, Bhajam, Mudhamate. Oh foolish fellow, the Mate means a mind. You know, oh foolish mind, you worship Govinda, worship Govinda, worship Govinda. Huh? In the time of death, only that will help you. This, this, this Mayavad philosophy will not help you. Nahi nahi. He means certainly. Na means not. Certainly not. Certainly not. Nahi nahi. Nahi, nahi rakshati, certainly will not save you, certainly will not save you. He is repeating three times, two times, why? Um, To emphasize, he he has done the damage of presenting the Mayavad philosophy, but then he is warning, he is warning those uh, who will be bewildered by this, they are saying, don't follow this. (laughs) So therefore, in other words, a devotee's interpretation it's not, about, it's not about interpretation, devotee will present as it is, our Bhagavad Gita is Bhagavad-gita as it is. Where is it? Bhagavad-gita as it is. Uh, that is the difference between our Bhagavad-gita and other Bhagavad-gita. Their Bhagavad-gita is Bhagavad-gita as it should have been, uh, Bhagavad-gita as it, as it uh, should be, uh, Bhagavad-gita as I think so. Uh, that is their Bhagavad-gita. That is not Bhagavad-gita, that is their nonsense-gita. Bhagavat, when we say Bhagavat means of God, of Krishna. Shri Bhagavanu Vacha. When Krishna is speaking, it is said Shri Bhagavanu Vacha. The Lord is speaking. Huh? So, the Lord's in, um, intent should be taken as it is. Like Arjuna said, Sarvameta Dhritam Manye. Sarvameta Dhritam Manye Yanmaam Matase You see this? Nahite Bhagavan Vyaktim, O Krishna, I totally accept as truth all that you have told me. Neither the demigods nor the demons, O Lord, can understand your personality. Demigods also cannot understand. What to speak of ordinary scholars in this world? So nobody can understand you. So the only way to understand you is Arjuna is saying, I totally accept what you are saying. That's it. I am not trying to be smart and trying to say, let me check, you know, let, me, let me think about it. Let me see what you have said. Uh, I, I will think about it and I will come back. No, I accept as truth, whatever you have told me. That is the way we have to accept. And similarly, the words of an Acharya, who is a Vaishnava. You know, Vaishnava Acharya, like coming in the proper Sampradaya, evam parampara praptam. We have to accept his word also in the same exact Way. Otherwise, it is ardhakukuti Kukuti means a hen. Kukuti means hen. So, ardhakukuti nyaya means the logic of half a hen. So, that means if I say, if this businessman he is selling eggs and he is making profit every day, but he is thinking, how can I increase my profits? You know, okay, this hen, okay, the front part I have to feed it in the mouth, and the back part the eggs are coming out. So, Okay, the front part is a liability; it's an expense, and the back part is the profit part. All right, let me cut the expenses and get just the profit. So, in that way, my profit will increase. And he cut the head. Then eggs he, also did not come. Agu also did not come anymore. Everything is lost. So, this this same way, if we try to accept some of what Krishna says and some of, and not accept some of what Krishna says, everything is lost. We will get nothing out of it. We have to accept it in totality, similarly with Śrīla Prabhupāda. So, with that background, yes, I have gone on a big rant <laughs> instead of learning how to learn Shlokas. but this is most important when we approach this. We are not here to become anywhere, the mindset is first important. Then only with that understanding, only can we go and try to understand Śrīla Prabhupāda's. That's why, don't try to become a Sanskrit scholar aside of Prabhupāda's books. It's a distraction. Not only a distraction, it can it can actually prove to be a complete ruination of one's spiritual life. So, therefore, when that devotee he asked, "I want to become a Sanskrit scholar, please give me your blessings." Yes, I'll give my blessings. If you go to hell. Prabhupada said that. So, this is very important. Hmm. So, of course, tej is asking a question. We will come back to that at the end of the session. So, <clears throat> so try to understand this. All right. So, with that, let's be faithful to Srila Prabhupada and take his words in the word-to-word meaning and with that, that much understanding of Sanskrit is enough for us. All right, Our thing is to become devotee here. So, yes, Srila Prabhupada also asked us to uh, learn Sanskrit. He also, you know, there is a video also of him, you know, the, the, the disciple, you know, was writing the A, ah, ah, and all that and Prabhupada was sitting beside and looking at that. You know, yes, Prabhupada wanted it, but... To the extent that it will help us in understanding the uh, Shastra that Srila really Prabhupada has presented to us. Alright, now going back to 213 where we were. Dehinaha Asminyatha Dehe Kaumaram Yauvanam Jara Tatha Dehantara Praptir Dhira Statranam Usually what happens in a class, when we are supposed reading, having a lecture on this particular verse, usually what happens is everybody chants. The speaker chants three times and then the audience takes, they take turns and then chant each the shloka. We should never lose sight of the spirit of the law and not just follow the law to the letter without understanding the spirit of the law. That means, um, Okay, Krishna Iyer is asking, so should we worship Lord Shiva? No, I never said that. We should not worship, we should respect him as a greatest Vaishnava. Worship Lord Shiva to get bened- material benediction, that is not, no. To offer him the greatest respects because he is the greatest Vaishnava. Vaishnava-nāma-yatha-sambhu, um, vaishnavanam yathashambhu purananam idam tatha all the superlative examples are given of the ganga uh, of the rivers ganga is the best of the um, all the devatas or all the deities achyuta is the best and of all the devotees um, lord shiva of all the vaishnavas lord shiva is the best and of all puranas bhagavatam is the best so in that way so um, this is canto uh, 12 chapter 13 text 16 of Bharatam. So, we should not worship Him as God, no. We should respect Him as the greatest devotee, yes. Mm. So, but, we should not worship Him. We will, get into, we will get into the contamination of demigod worship. So, don't get into that. Although Brahma is our sampradaya Acharya, our starting, we don't worship Brahma. We worship Him as a great devotee, yes, our, all our respects are there, as an, a great Acharya, yes. Just like even Prabhupada. We worship Prabhupada, Guru Puja, yes, but it's not that, oh, Prabhupada is Krishna now. No, that we don't say. That we don't say. So, but with demigods, it is easy to get into that mode. Because it is the long conditioning of our Hindu kind of, you know, this thing. So, they have started worshipping the Devadas and then started to equate and then it, it will, even if we don't think in that way, it may, others may see us, oh, Hare Krishna devotees also worshipping Lord Shiva, you know, you know. So it is. It is you know. Lord Shiva is also same. Krishna. No. So we are misleading others. So what we will do? What Shri Prabhupada asks us to do. So Shri Prabhupada told us how to worship Krishna, and we will follow that path. Hmm? So <clears throat> coming back to this point. Now, so in this verse. So what happens in the class is everybody chants and take turns, but we don't understand or. We don't try to understand why Śrīla Prabhupāda set up this method that the speaker chants three times and then all the audience chants. Why? Not just that, just chant and then forget it. No. It is that everybody is repeating so that we also repeat and try to memorize the verse in that time. Memorize the verse in that time. Try to get the hold of the words in the verse. So with this understanding we have to... Apply. So, that's why actually Srila Prabhupada started it. Now, we are, do, we are doing it, but if you don't understand that, this is the reason why we do it. Oh, in Hare Krishna temples, they, everybody does like this. But why we do like this? Nobody knows. You know, like that story of the black cat. You know, I think I have many times told this. You know, this uh, lady, so she was newly married into this house. So, she saw her mother-in-law. Before she starts cooking, every day in the morning, um, she ties one black cat to the tree and then starts her cooking. And after all the cooking is finished, then she releases the cat. After everybody has eaten everything, uh, after the pots have been washed, then she will release the cat. And next day morning, again, she will tie the cat and then she will start the cooking. So, (coughs) one day the cat died. Out of old age, it died. And uh, of course, by the time... The daughter in law also over the over time she also learned because you know she also got into the household and she started cooking and everything. And uh, she saw this custom, then she thought, okay, in this house, in this house, my husband's house, the husband's mother, my mother in law will always tie a cat. So in this house, the custom is that we have to tie a cat before cooking. So cat died. She found another cat and brought it and tied the cat to the tree and started cooking. The the, the mother in law asked, Why are you doing this? Why did you bring that cat? No, we have to tie a cat, right? Yeah, every day you are tying the cat. I am doing that because the cat will come and disturb in the kitchen. That's why I am tying the cat there. Not that we have to tie a cat and then only start cooking. That is not a custom in our house. So, <laughs> so if we just observe what is being followed and we don't understand why it is being followed, then we will be just imitating like fools, you know, without knowing the purpose of the whole thing. So, we should always know the purpose. And that's why the strengthening foundations... Uh, series we did so that we understand why we do all the things, why we sing this song in the morning, why we have the Tulsi Puja, all these things, you know Guru Puja, Guru Vashtakam song, Guru Vandana song, all these songs, why we chant these songs every day, why are these so important that we chant them every day, what is the importance of this and what is six Shastaka? what is the ten offenses, why have, why we have to be careful of them, all these things we have covered because we need to understand why, not that oh this is the custom in Hare Krishna temple that's why we do it, no that isn't, that is Just following like a blind Hindu only. So, it will, what will happen eventually is, we will become like blind Hindus again. We will become like blind Hindus if we just follow without knowing what we are doing. So, therefore, let us understand everything in its, the reason why we do things and we also do the things rightly then. So, the verse is chanted and then we look at them uh, word-to-word meaning. So, after everybody chants in the class, then we look at the word-to-word meaning and we repeat, then everybody repeats and Then we go to the translation, then we go to the purport and then the class, the explanation of the speaker starts and we hear the whole thing. By the end of the class or even before even the class started, when we come word-to-word meaning and then when we read the translation, the verse almost is completely forgotten Completely forgotten by the by the time we read translation, right? Tell me if you can relate to this. the The verse is completely forgotten already. We have lost context of what the verse was, what the words words are in the verse, and we just read the translation and the purport. So in this way, therefore, we don't give enough. Um, we don't put enough effort to understand the Sanskrit. The slokas. Therefore, if you see Srila Prabhupada, how he gives his lectures, he, when he is explaining, he will use the word in the shloka and he will repeat it many times, like Rishivakhyam Ritam Vidhatum, uh, like in the seven, 9, 29. when he was giving the lecture on that, any lecture, any lecture, even Janmakarmachamedivyam or even Dehenosmanyatha Dehe. So, he will say Dehe, Dehe means in the know, bo- uh, uh, what is that? Dehe means in the body. I mean, in the body there is the soul, so Dehinaha, Dehi means soul, Deha, so he is using those words and then, you know, giving the English, so, he is getting our attention to the Shloka, and in that Shloka, if you see the word, and then explain in the word, word to word, word by word, that is how a lecture is used, Prabhupada's lecture is like that, he will break down, each and every word he will explain, and when, you know, when the devotee reads the Shloka, then he says, ah, this word is very important, and then he will explain the word. You see, that so our, uh, what is that, relation, I mean, um, the relation between the English and the Sanskrit should always be well established. There should be a good connect, we should have a good understanding of which word is meaning what and which group of words are meaning what. Again, phrases. So, I will give you an example. Now, Dehina Asmin Yatha Dehe. Now, if you see the word to word, dehina of the embodied Asmin in this, Yatha as Dehe in the body. So, what is the meaning of the first line now? Uh, we are blank. Because word to word we have, yeah, okay, Dehina means, but what is the meaning of the first? Dehina, Osmin, Yatha, Dehe. Means, just as in the body, there is the soul, I mean, there is the soul. So, that is the actual meaning. And whenever you see Yatha, there will be a Tatha somewhere in the shloka. Tatha. yada tada Usually, it's like that. So, um, because Yatha means, just as. So, just as this, there is this. So, yatha, tatha. So, like that. So, kaumaram yauvanam jara. So, these are the stages of life. Boyhood to youth to old age. Kaumaram yauvanam jara. Okay. Although I understand, okay, kaumaram means boyhood, yauvanam means um, youth and jara means old age. Okay, fine. But then, I should also have the understanding of the group. Okay. In this shloka, let me break it down okay each line what it means and sometimes the meaning can it makes sense when the word of the next line can also be added to the previous words so in this line it is quite straightforward in this verse but other there are other slokas where uh, like for example um, um, what is that? Krishneti yasagiritam manasadreta dikshastha chet pranatabesha No, this is also quite clear. Um, a good example would be. Okay, I will give you a good example. Uh, there are many examples, but I can just readily think of this one. Give an example. Now, this is a very long shloka is from we sutra 21st shloka amnaya abhyasanan aranya ruditam vedavratan annwaham medasched phalani purta vidayah sarvam hutambhaspani now amnaya abhyasanan aranya ruditam so the learning of the the vedas and chanting of the hymns and the slokas of the vedas will be just like uh, crying in the forest it will be just, um, it will be equal to crying in the forest only. This is all this is all different examples of things if we do, but if we don't have bhakti for Narayana, and if we do all these things, they will just have some material benefits maybe, but nothing more than that. Or they may prove to be utterly futile. So, this verse is like, it's a very beautiful verse actually. So, he is saying, Amnaya bhyasananya ranyaruditam medas Okay, we will actually we will learn, let's see the meaning because this is also in the context of what we are doing now. Because if we do all the things, but if we don't develop our devotion, our understanding, our attention in the class or our attention in service and everything, then we are doing all these things, it is just to... You know, just like you see now, now this this translation, all glories to Lord Narayan. Without remembrance of without remembrance of His lotus feet, recitation of scripture is merely crying in the wilderness. Hmm? If we recite scriptures, you know, now we are reciting slokas. We are learning how to memorize and recite slokas. We are doing this, you know, if, if it is if it is not coming, or getting us to the point of remembering Krishna and also even like what I am saying the class you know we are doing all these things repeating the verse and then word to word meaning and then translation but if it is not getting our attention to the words of Krishna there that is that are being described in the verse you know it's like crying in the wilderness they don't give us the benefit you know the benefit is that we you know we read and hear those words and understand and advance in our devotion So that's the whole point but if we don't come to that point if we just yeah because everybody is doing so we have to also do just you know if, if that is the <laughs> attitude then it is like lying, crying in the wilderness so recitation of scripture is merely crying in the wilderness regular observance of severe vows like fasting and all enjoying in the vedas is no more than a way to lose weight medas cheda palani because real austerity tapasya is to get our devotion to krishna and forget our Um, bodily necessities, that is the whole point of fasting or doing all this, you know, uh, tapasya. So, but if we do all those things, but if we don't remember Krishna, that it, yeah, it will help us lose some weight, yes, there is that benefit of losing weight, but we will not become Krishna conscious. Execution of prescribed pious duties is like pouring oblations into ashes. What is the point of pouring ghee into ash, it is the poured in the fire. And bathing at various holy sites is no better than an elephant's bath. Gajasnanam or Kunjara So, that means, um, elephant, you know, he will will go into the river and, you know, he will spray so much water on itself for one hour, he will bathe, you know, bathe and bathe and then come back onto the sand and then put sand all over his body immediately. So, what is the point of taking a bath like that? So, that is the explanation given, if you don't. So, of course, that is also in context, but I want to actually show you the structure of the verse. You see here, Amnaya Abhyasanani Aranya This is quite clear, okay. Amnaya Abhyasanani means, Amnaya means Vedas of the revealed scriptures. Amnaya means of the revealed scriptures. Abhyasanani means practicing or reciting. Aranya means, Aranya means forest. Ruditam means crying, crying in the wilderness, okay, understood. Now, Vedavratanyanvaham. Veda Anvaham by itself doesn't have much meaning. Anvaham means daily. Veda Vratani means the following of Vedic rituals daily. So, if we take the whole word, uh, the whole line of this verse, shloka, uh, what is that? Amnaya Abhisananyaranyaruddham Veda Vratanyanvaham. Although we chant it like that in the, in the tune. So it, actually this is the nineteen syllables, so it, it comes like Amna Yabhya Sananyaranya Ruditam Veda Vratanyanvaham May Das Cha Palani Purtavidhaya Sarvam Hutambasmani Tirthanama Vagahana ni Chagajas Nanam Vina Yatpada Dvanvampuru Hasam Vijayate the Deva Sanarayana. So this is the actual uh, shloka So now just the Veda Vratanyanvaham. Doesn't tell us anything. That means daily following of the Veda Vratas, the the vows or the austerities mentioned in the Vedas. So what about them? The next line, Medas cheda phalani. Meda means fat. Fat, you know. The fat. So to lose weight, to lose our fat, you know, medas cheda. Cheda means to give up, to shed, to shed the fat. Phalani means the fruit. The fruit of following daily the severe austerities and vows of, in the mention in the Vedas, will just um, cause us to lose some fat in our bo- in our body. So the group of words that are together is this. In fact, uh, this Vedavratan Anvaham Medas Cheda Phalani. That means that in the translation regular observance of this one, regular observance of severe vows enjoined in the Vedas is no more than a way to lose weight, you see that? So we should know which group of words have been in the translation, uh, translated to one particular part of the translation, not just word to word meaning is one thing, yes, that is good to understand each word, Okay, what it means and then that word is used in this context and then, that group of words actually means this. Hmm. Just like, if I say, this painting is beautiful. Just like he saying a very crude example. In English, it is just, see Sanskrit is just a language. It's a language. So, <clears throat> what we would say in English, can be said in Sanskrit. So, what has been said in Sanskrit that means this in English. That's all we need, we need to understand. So, uh, this painting is beautiful if I say. So, if I, if I just, okay, if I know that, if, suppose you are from another language, maybe your language is Hindi and you don't understand English and if somebody translates for you, okay, beautiful means Sundar, painting means uh, maybe Chitra and all like this. So, uh, so, if he translates, so by Chitra itself, you won't understand much and then by, by Sundar, you won't understand much. But, yeh ye chitra sundar hai. So, in in that way, okay, then I understand the whole thing. So, Ya chitra sundar hai. That means, this painting is beautiful. Painting is this, is this, beautiful is this. But then, together is this. So, of course, in in this sentence, is quite straightforward. But, in the verse, we should also, res, similarly, it's also straightforward. It's just that, we need to know which group of words form which part of the translation. Mm. So, now here it is said in the in the Veda vratani. Veda means Vedic, vratani vows of austerity. Anuaham daily medha of fat, cheda removal, fat removal. They go to what liposuction or something. This is, if you do some Veda vrata, you will get rid of fat. <laughs> but that is not the uh, Phalani, whose result. Then the purta vidhaya, that is different again, the, the oblations into ashes, that, the doing of all the, you know, pious activities, uh, ritualistic activities are like pouring oblations into ashes, that is purta vidhaya sarvam hutam that is that. So that is meaning that and tirthanam avagahanani cha gajasnanam, that is another part. Vinayatpada dvandvam bhoruha smritim vijayate Devasana Rayana. That is another part. So, we should know which part is which. So, in that way. So, if we go back to the, this verse again. So, Dehinosmen yatha dehe. So, in this body there is the dehe. Deha means body. Dehe means in the body. You see, dehe, in the body. Kaumaram yauvanam jara. These are the stages. So, the second line is all about the stages of life. Kaumara means, like we say, Kumar. Kumar means, because small boy, Kumar. Kaumara means, of that age, of the age of Kumara. So, there is, like Krishna's age is also described, you know, there is, um, what is that? Kaumara. And there is, uh, what is that? Uh, Kaumara. Second one is, uh, forgot, just went out of memory. And then the last one is Yauvana. Yauvana is youth, youthful age. So, Kaumara and uh, Pauganda. Yes, Pauganda. Pauganda. <coughs> Kaumara, Pauganda, Yauvana. So, these three stages of Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan. So, uh, Kaumara is a, is, a, is a baby pastimes, and all the things that he did as a small child, as a small boy. And then Pauganda, like from 5 to 10 years old and 12 years old around that time. And then from 12 to 16, that is another, that is Yauvana, youthful, youth age. So, Kaumara, Yauvana, Jara. So, of course, Krishna doesn't have Jara, but we have. We also don't have, our body has. So, these stages of life, Kaumara, Yauvana, Jara, that is the second line. Tatha dehantara Praptir. So, Dehinosmin Yatha Dehe Kaumaram Yauvanam Jara. So means in the body, just like the soul has been passing through the stages of Kaumaram Yavana Manchara, Tatha in the same way, similarly, Dehantara praptir, deha anta, anta means anta means end. Hmm. Dehanta means end of the word. Dehanta praptihi. So at the end of this deha, this body, praptihi, you know, next dhiras tatrana muhyati. He will get into prap, what prapti? another body, transference of the body. So, another body he will get. Just like he has been got getting another body, at the end of one stage, he has gotten another stage of body. Like at the end of Kaumara stage, he has got the Yauvana stage of body. And in the end of the Yauvana stage, he got the Jarab uh, stage of the body. Similarly, Dehaantara stage, at the end of this Deha, Praaptehe, another body he will get. Dheera Stathra Namohyati, dhira So, the last line is about a dhira, dhira means one who knows these signs of transmigration of the soul. He, na muhyati. Dhira's tatra, tatra means there, thereupon. upon. Na muhyati, muhyati means to be bewildered. Na muhyati means is not bewildered. A dhira, a sober man, that means who understands this knowledge. He is not bewildered by this change and he does not really cry for those who are passing away. So in this way we have to understand. So now we have a better, if you just, you know word to word is good, you know that's where actually the base is. But then we have to also connect, that's why in, if you remember the an actor of instruction series if you have been with me, I have tried to map the translation to the verse, which group of words mean which part of the translation. So now just l- let's do the same exercise for this verse. dehe. Hmm? Dehna Asman. So as the embodied soul continually passes in this body from boyhood to youth to old age. So that is these two lines. Sometimes one line by itself is incomplete of the incomplete sentence. So that the whole thing. So in this, so the first line is just as the embodied soul in this body. That's it. It stops there. That's the first line. Kaumaram Yoganam Chara. Passes through the stages. So, then, then becomes a complete explanation. So, that is this, this. Now, two lines done. Tatha Dehaantra Praptir. This third line is the soul similarly passes into another body at death. Tatha Dehantara ah. The soul similarly passes into another body. Prabti he will get another body. Prapti him at the Dehantara time. Hmm. Tatha. In the same way. As he has already gotten a new body. That means he is explaining that transmigration is not just happening at the time of death, transmigration is already happening within, within this life. So you have already transmigrated. You had a body of the boy body, you have given that up, and now you have a youth body that will also be given up you will have an old man's body so you have you have already changed your body why you wait for death to see whether reincarnation is a fact or not no it is already happening in the same way it is going to happen again you will get another body so just like our when we were a boy why we say when somebody you know um, when somebody does maybe a criminal he's a criminal and we say oh maybe his up- upbringing was not good you know you know he was in childhood maybe he has gone through Maybe his parents did not train him well and his his company of friends were not good. Hmm? Just apply that here now. So according to his association, according to his thoughts, according to his conditioning in that stage of Kaumara, his Yauvana life will be. And as he has led Kaumara and Yauvana, depending on that, what damage he has done to his body or his mind or whatever, like suppose in in the Yauvana, in the youth age, because of wrong association, I, I get into smoking, for example. And then, eventually, in the Jara, in the old age, it will all just fail. And then, you know, there will be a heart attack. The lung will be having full of tar and all these things. So, I am going to have that kind of things, you know, when I am, those kind of problems. So, as I have been behaving and associating and having my habits, according to that, my old age will be... That means, according to association, you will get the next body. According to association, in, the, in, the, in that stage you will get the next body. So, according to association, there you will get another body totally at the end of, at the time of death. So, the next body will depend on what we have done in this life, what upbringing, what you know. When we say upbringing, why? Oh, that person's upbringing was not nice. Probably he was with gangsters or his broken families, or maybe the father was not good or mother was not good. You know, then he became like, oh, maybe they are very cultured family. Therefore, you know, he's come up, you know, very nicely, and you know, he has been trained nicely. Whatever, whichever way. The association that he has in one stage of his life determines how his activities will be in the other, next stage of life. And that association again propels to the next stage. Similarly, the association that we have gone through in the entire life in this term will determine our next existence that is exactly Kharanam Gunasangosi janmasu. Therefore how we associate, how we, how we behave in this life and what sort of association we keep ourselves in is very very important because this is going to, what we are doing now, we are incrementally preparing our body for our next life. It can either be spiritual body or material body, depending on our actions now. So, therefore, it is very important for us to understand that. So, all these things we can understand, if you understand this in the proper way. So, the Kaumara is one body by itself. In fact, every second is a body, it's a different body we are having. We say this body is growing old. that's our natural way of, you know, um, in society, we, we say like that uh, but scientifically, if we observe using this shloka, we understand that we are changing body every single moment. Now, we can, for convenience sake, the stages are mentioned Kaumaram Yauvanam Jara. So, that is the Kaumara body, Yauvanam body, Jara body. Differently, there is a similarly prapti Dehantara Praapti, another body you will get at the end of the Deha. That is as you have been already getting based on your previous association. That 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 habits we will develop, that that kind of mood, or you know, everybody has different temperaments, they have different talents, then they have different, you know, all these things. Why? Because of our previous association. Hmm. So, in this way, we have to understand the shloka, the, the chanting of the shloka, and trying to, when everybody is chanting. Even if there's nobody, even if it's not in the class setting, even for your own learning, I'm telling you. Repeat it, repeat the shloka, like in the tune if you want. If the tune helps you, do it in the, do it in the tune. So, in the comments let me know if, you, if any of you have seen the, the sheet, the link that I gave you yesterday, the, the tunes of, for, for each of those shlokas, you let me know in the comments if you have seen it, because I want you to see that and that will be helpful. So let me know if you have seen it actually. Yes. Who have seen it, please let me know in the comments. So um, so we have given that. So that will help you. But then, that, is, that will help you remember the shloka because of the tune. But then the next stage of remembrance is the understanding. understanding. When you understand something, you will have a greater retention of it. And then when you experience it, realization, even more, even more. So, of course, we don't say that, oh, wait until you die and then you will understand the shloka of uh, chapter 2, text 13. (laughs) Because you have to experience it, right? So, the Dehantra, and then you have to experience Dehantra, then you will understand what is reincarnation until then just wait. No, we are not saying that. But we can realize it as we have, that's why the stages are there, Kaumara. Yeah, I was was a boy. Yes, I could, you know, climb, you know, pillars like this. I, I was like a monkey when I was a boy. So, We used to have used to do so many things when we were boys now I can't do all those things so the body has changed and my mentality then and my mentality now is different Hmm? so it is a different body oh yes so the realization so when we apply so not just understand it try to try to put it in our own life okay what what was my experience let me corroborate this this explanation to my own experience all right oh yes it makes sense sometimes though Things which are way above our understanding. Now here, Krishna is actually giving a very simple example that we can understand. We can actually, yes, 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 I have, I had a boy's body, yes. And now I have a different body, so that body is no more there. Yes, I can understand this to an extent. So, he has given, because Krishna has given that example. But some things like, for example, Radha Krishna Leela or, or even other things, like even the creation of the universe or the... Um, The situation of the planetary systems that are explained in the fifth canto. These are also scientific details that are explained. But we cannot verify with our present senses. So we don't have to necessarily understand all those things. We just, we understand that yes, Krishna has created such a glorious universe. You see all these big, 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 big things. And therefore, Krishna is great. Krishna is great is what we need to understand. And I am his servant, eternal servant. I need to serve him. So, just to satisfy our little curiosity, there is these uh, descriptions of, you know, the, the universe, then this and that and this. But our main business <laughs> is not to try to figure out everything. We actually can't. We actually can't figure out everything. Okay, This universe is, just this one universe is so vast. There are trillions of such universes as in the descriptions of the Vedas. So, when are we ever going to understand anything? That's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, you know, Let's not talk about the three-fourths energy, which is the spiritual world, Tripad Vibhuti. Let's talk about this Ekapad Vibhuti, because even this can't be understood. This is itself it's, is way beyond the uh, you know um, the whole um, uh, comprehension of uh, tiny brains of us our, our, human beings. Uh, just give a little idea, glimpse of what is this one-fourth energy of the material world. So, that's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said. So, that is actually the thing. The main thing is... We can never understand Krishna, our our, our tiny brains, what we can comprehend. We cannot even understand ourselves, you know, properly. We haven't even understood, we are not the body properly yet. We have heard it many times. How many times have we actually, how many times have we actually understood it? So, it is not about, you know, understanding everything. Of course, we need to understand that. So, if we do not understand that we are not even the body yet properly, how can we expect to understand Krishna? So, we cannot really understand everything about him. We should understand about him in this way that, you know, when Prabhupada he saw the ocean, he said, "Oh, Govinda jaya jay, Gopal jaya Why he said that? Wow, this ocean is so vast. Of course, a scientist would be interested: how much percentage of salt is in the ocean? How many liters would be in this ocean? How many species of life are in this ocean? How many plant forms are there in this ocean? How deep is the ocean? What is the deepest part of this ocean? Scientists will be interested in all these things. Prabhupada said, Govinda jaya jaya, Gopala jaya jaya. <laughs> Why? Oh, Krishna has created this ocean. So big, so huge and it's a reservoir of so many living entities. Vast body. Uh, still, it doesn't go beyond the beach. Because it is so powerful that it can completely inundate the entire cities at one go. You know, if, if an ocean actually comes out of its way, I mean, we have seen Footages of the tsunami and all that, you know. That's just a slight, you know, uh, what is that? You cross, cross the border of the ocean in you know, a slight way. You know, cities have destroyed and millions of people have lost their lives and all that. If it really wants to come out of, come out of its way and you know, go out. Oh, but under whose order is the ocean staying where it is? Govindajayjay, jaya, Krishna. So. How powerful Krishna is, that He is maintaining this ocean, you know, millions of oceans, not just this one. This is just one ocean on this planet. There is a Garbhodaka ocean, which is the half of the entire universe is filled with that ocean. Uh-huh. And then there are so many planets, in each planet there are oceans. There is a Shvetadvi planet, there is an ocean of milk. There is another planet, with ocean of sugarcane, I mean sugar water, sugarcane you know, water. And other, there is an ocean of yogurt or other ocean of uh, uh, wine. Clear water. In this way, I mean the extents, I mean the expanse of Krishna's creation is just... That's why Krishna in Bhagavad Gita said, Atavā bahunaitena kimjñādhenata vārjuna vishtabhyāham idham ekam ekaam shenasthito jagat. You know in the 1042. He said, but what need is there Arjuna for all this detailed knowledge? With a single fragment of myself, I pervade and support this entire universe. With a single fragment of myself, I support this entire universe. Nothing for me. Like the Lord is called Govardhan Giridhari. He has held the Giridhari, the Govardhan hill with his left hand little finger. You know, he knows how to humiliate. If he wants to humiliate, he knows how to humiliate. Because Indra is a big king of the heavenly planet. So Krishna did not lift it like this or like this. No. Of the two hands, left hand is less important, right hand is more important. According to Vedas, that's why we do everything regarding with puja and everything, right hand. But left hand is you know considered you know, not you know uh, important hand. It is a it is a it is if you shake hand somebody with left hand, it is considered you know it's a lack of respect. Right hand, right? So everything that is auspicious should be done with right hand. But he, he knows how to humiliate Indra. So, left hand and not even like this, not even like this, not even like this. Little finger, just just little finger is enough. You know, <laughs> So, he wants to humiliate Indra. You, you big grain and all these sammartaka clouds, which is the cloud of uh, whole destruction, all that. Little finger is enough. Enough. So, he knows how to humiliate Indra. But, it is not very wonderful that he can lift the hill with his little finger. Because he is actually Vishwambhar. The entire, you know, this verse. Idam ekam shena sthito jagat. The entire universe is pervaded just by a single energy of his. He doesn't even personally lift the universe. His energies are taking care of it. His energy is lifting it. And he is, you know, fully, he is just playing on his flute and, you know, playing and that's it. He doesn't and everything is going on in complete order, not that you know because he's playing and everything is out of order, everything is chaos. No, everything is completely in order. So, uh, so Krishna is you know great. So that is what we need to understand. Krishna is supreme personality of Godhead. All the descriptions of the Vedas, you know, Puranas, Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, all this is to make us understand that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead, I am his eternal servant. I can never be equal to him. I just need to serve him in devotional service. So, that is the thing that we need to come to. We are not trying to become big, big scholars or big, big, you know, scientists. We are interested in the, what is the uh, ultimate aim of all these things. So, we should remember Krishna in this life, so that our next life will be, we can go back to Krishna. So, uh, when learning shlokas, I have only given one example, the very simple verse. But this same thing we have to use in every, for every single verse in this way. So any verse we take out is is the same thing. And I will see. Yes, so many people have seen it. So yes, Vishnu Teja saw it, Venkatesh Prabhu saw it, Tapasya Prabhu saw it, Ani Dutta. Prabhu saw it, Malati Mataji saw it, Swati Mataji saw it, Kunti Mataji says, you cannot go in. Oh, uh, You actually can, it, says it asks you to log in, really. Now only we have to practice. Yeah, Tapasar Prabhu said now only we have to practice. Yeah, now it's on you, the ball is in your coat. <laughs> I have already been teaching this science. Okay, Kunti Mataji says, um, It seems I do not have access to iScan, no, actually anybody, anybody who has the link should be able to go inside, anyway, I will, I will uh, help you out with that uh, later on, personally. Okay, for the rest, they all saw it, that's good. Um, So that, that is very important for learning this tune, now is how to understand, so this is what we have, this is one example, like this of course, we have, we can go to any number of verses, uh, but you get the idea. I just wanted to show an example and make you, you know, apply the same thing for every single verse that you would see and sometimes, in some verses, apart from the word to word and the the lines and the translation, it is also good to understand a pattern. For example, I will, I will, okay, like the other example I gave you, Uh, where is that? sorry, uh, the Mukundamala Stotra for example, that verse, this verse, Amnaya Abhyasana Nyaranyarata, you see there is a pattern, following all the rules, I mean without remembrance of Narayana, following all the different rules of Swadhyay or I mean, reading of the Vedic literatures or doing tapasyas or taking bath in the holy places. Or, you know, um, doing all the ritualistic sacrifices. So, these are all actually pious activities. Reciting Vedic scriptures, um, doing austerities, um, doing all the ritualistic sacrifices mentioned in the Vedas and going to the holy places. These are all auspicious activities. These are all pious activities. Punyakarya. Mentioned in the Vedas also. It is not that some concocted Punyakarya. No, it is mentioned in the Vedas. So, all these list of Punyakarya. If we do Punya... But without relation to Krishna, without, you know, uh, getting to a uh, devotional service, without coming to the point of devotional service, it is a waste. So that pattern we have to observe. Not just just the meaning of the verse, also the the underlying meaning of the verse. That means any pious activities we do, if it does not lead us to Krishna consciousness, it is a waste of time. Where is that verse? Shrimad Bhagavatam, 128. Many verses are there, but this is Dharmasvanashtitahapum Sam, Vishwaksena Kathaswaya, Notpa Dayedya Diratim, Shrama Eva Hikevalam, Shrama Eva Hikevalam. Is only a labor, nothing else. The occupational activities a man performs according to his own position. That means the varnashram. The occupational activities means the varnashram activities. Dharma, Svanushtita, Pumsam. So, like Brahmana. If, if one is a perfect Brahmana, perfect Kshatriya, perfect Vaishya, he, he does all his duties very well. You know, his Tapasya, his, you know, suppose a Brahmana, he does his Vedic scriptures, study, Tapasya, and all the things, he, he you know, he, he tries to do everything very well. And whoever, whichever uh, varna they are, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Shudra, if, uh, if, they follow all these things, but, not padayet yadiratim. Not padayet means na utpādayat. Utpāda means bring forth. If it doesn't provoke, if it doesn't give rise to yadi ratim śramaye vahikevalam viśvak Give rise to uh, attraction. Ratim means attraction. If it doesn't give rise to attraction for viśvak sena kathāswayaha. If it does not give attraction to the uh, descriptions of Krishna consciousness. I mean, if it doesn't give... Attraction for Krishna Consciousness, even after following all the rules, shrama eva hi if they do not provoke attraction for the message of the Personality of Godhead, are only so much useless labour. It's useless labour. Same thing is in that verse. You see the pattern. So, yes, the details are there, okay, crying in the forest, you know, recitation of Vedic literature and all these things. But also, look at the four examples. Okay, recitation of Vedic literature, um, following of austerities will become just a main um, um, way to lose fat and the uh, ritualistic uh, Homa and all these things uh, offering oblations to ashes and uh, um, what is the bathing of uh, bathing in the holy places in the holy rivers and the holy places it will just become a Gajasnanam the elephants bath because after that I have a, I will again put all the dust of materialism on myself so in this way it will become just a useless labor hmm. So, in this way, we have to understand the pattern also. So, another example would be many verses are also just like comparison, like dehi Dehinosman Yatha dehi. it is a comparison, just like you have been going through the stages of body, similarly you will get another body in the time of death. So, Yatha Tatha, like that and another is, oh, sorry, Bhagavad Gita, chapter 2, text 22 is also a comparison. Vāsāmsi jīrnāni yathā vihāya. Yathā, again yathā means as. Vāsāmsi means clothes. Jīrnāni, old. Jara means old. Old age. Jīrnāni means, again old. Vihāya, giving up. Navāni grihanāti naroparāni. Tathā sharīrāni vihāya jīrnāni anyāni samyāti navāni dehi. So just as Nara, Nara means a, a man, a human being. Just as he gives up old clothes and wears new ones, similarly the soul Dehi, the embodied, the one inside the Deha, the owner of the Deha, Deha means the body, Dehi means the owner of the body, so like that. So, that soul similarly accepts, uh, gives up old bodies and Shari Rani. Yatha vamsamsi that means as clothes, Tatha Shari Rani. So, that comparison of the clothes is compared with the dress. So So as a person puts on new garments giving up old ones, the soul similarly accepts new material bodies giving up the old and useless ones. So this is a comparison an analogy. Analogy. So that analogy has to be understood. So understand the whole pattern also of the verse. What is this verse saying and which part of the verse is saying? About clothes, which part of the same words is comparing it to the soul and the body? So, in this way, word to word, and also the group, the group, group it, and map the the whole translation to the respective parts of the Sanskrit. In this way, your understanding of Sanskrit will even more deepen, and your your progress will be even more quicker. So, try to do that. Another example, I will do. Oh, Parashram Prabhu has given the link. Looks like it has worked for her. Good, very nice. I have been sent the link, yes. Please open it. I haven't seen it yet, but we, I will try to do today. Sunita Sharma Mataji. Yeah, please do it because that is the real deal. If you want to learn the tunes, everything I have done for you there, it's it's very easy to follow. I think I have received a message message from Manajakshi Mataji earlier today. She she said that it was very, very helpful for her to you know understand the shlokas. I am glad it helped her, so it will help anybody who will use it, I am sure. And I um, will give you another example, there are so many actually, even uh, Chanakya Pandit's many slokas are like this, like he says Swaro Swaroopam Nari Rupam Pativratam, um, what is that uh, Vidya Rupam Kuru Paanam, Kshama Rupam tapasvinam so the compensation for the lost beauty, so, kokilanam swarorupam, kokila, the word uh, cuckoo, the bird cuckoo, is not very beautiful to look at. But everybody loves the cuckoo, because it sings so nicely. So, its loss of beauty, or its lack of beauty, has been completely uh, made up, or swaro, swarorupam, the voice of the bird cuckoo. Although it looks like a crow, it doesn't look anything beautiful, but because of its voice, everybody loves it so <clears throat> uh, the voice makes up for the lack of beauty the physical beauty of the bird similarly nari rupam pativratam even if a woman is not uh, especially beautiful in features but if he if she is pativratam if she is very chaste to the husband oh that is she commands even more respect than so called beautiful woman who just is a very like a very you know, skimpily dressed, she is not, she's not chaste and you know, everything. <coughs> she doesn't earn respect actually. That kind of woman doesn't earn respect. People see her as an object of their own sense gratification, they don't respect such a woman. But if a woman nicely serves the husband and she is very chaste, then she earns that respect and it completely makes up for her lack of uh, physical beauty. <coughs> so Nari Rupam Pativritam Vidya Rupam Kurupanam Pana means one who is ugly if one is ugly his beauty is vidya if he is if he is knowledgeable suppose if he is very wise like the i gave the example the other time vyasadeva he his knowledge is unparalleled he has written all the vedic literatures but he personally looks very ugly you know that's why dhritarashtra was born blind the uh, ambika who was supposed to you know have this son from vyasadeva she was so terrified at his features that she she closed her eyes while she was having a relation with him and because of that he Vyastava said that you, your son will be blind and uh, ambalika she uh, because she she could not uh, she also was terrified by the, her by his features and she turned pale when she saw him completely you know, her face became pale and then he said your son will be pale faced So he had this, uh, what is that called? Uh, Albino, kind of, the pale face, uh, no pigmentation. Pandu was like that. So Pandavas sons and Dhritarashtra, so that's a whole, so the whole, that episode shows that actually Vyasadeva, but their maid servant, her name was, I don't know what, but she was the one who did not feel anything like that. She gave full respect to Vyasadeva and served him very nicely and then he had a child with her as well, because that is the order of the mother. Anyway, that was a whole story by itself. Vichitravira died and Vyasadeva happened to be the stepbrother of Vichitravira and they Sutot Patim. This is actually a system that was there. Only in Kaliuga it is not allowed because people go into illicit relationships. But otherwise, if a man cannot produce child with his wife, then the man's brother will impregnate the woman and but the child is considered although the brother is a biological father, but he is the, the child is considered the son of the, the parents. Not, not the, exactly the biological fast. This, this system was there. They were in a It's called, but kalau pancha in kali kali Yuga, this is not, this is not um, allowed. So that was dwapar Yuga, So it was allowed. It was a, it was a proper uh, Vedic system. So, so when the mother heard that, she was dis- disappointed because Vichitravirya died of tuberculosis at a young age, and his two wives Ambika and Ambalika were we- left without any issue, no sons, and he already died. So, there was, there needs to be somebody to occupy the throne and Dev already gave a promise that I, he would not do it. So, there must be somebody. So, so the Satyavati, she asked um, Vyasadev, who is her stepson, come and uh, impregnate the queens who, whose husband had passed away. So, in that way, she, you know, he, he went and impregnated them, but because of their attitude towards him, he told her that, you know, this will be the result of the two sons. The first one he will be blind Uh, although he will be strong he will be blind the second one he will be pale she was disappointed but um, then she requested okay please do it another time with the maid then uh, he did and there came vidura vidura came from there so that maid, she very nicely took care of him she did not consider his ugly features nothing he she just served him very nicely and he was very pleased with her and then the son was born very Um, great saint. In fact, Yamaraj himself took birth as Vidura. So, Vidya Rupam Kurupanam Even if a man is ugly, but if he is knowledgeable, oh, it completely makes up for his lack of features, um, good bodily features. And, Shama Rupam uh, Tapasvinam Usually, when one becomes, you know, big Tapasvi, he becomes very hard-hearted also, especially if he is not a devotee. Like, you know, those in Kumbh Mela, we have the, um, who, who is that? Um, Nagababas, you know, they are sometimes very violent. You know, when somebody, oh, they can kill people also. You know, they killed also. There have been incidences like that. Somebody comes in front of them, you know, somebody who takes bath in the river in front of, in, before them, oh, they will kill them with their trishul or something. These kind of things happened before. So, usually when a person, you know, like even Durvasamani, he is very big tapasvi, but he was very angry also. So, even if he is very strict with himself and he does severe austerities but if he is forgiving with others, uh, that is his beauty. So in this way, what I am trying to say is, there is a parallel, there is a pattern. So the compensation for the lack of beauty is made up with another feature. So that is the pattern of this shloka. So that is another thing, another uh, way you can also remember the shloka. Like uh, there is another also from Chanaka Pandit. Chanaka Pandit has many such slokas. He says, Vishadapi Amritam um, Grahyam, um, what is that? Amedhyadapi Kanchanam, Nichadapi Uttamam Gyanam, Sri Ratnam Dushkuladapi. Yes. So that means, even in garbage, if, if gold is found, you must take it. Even from garbage, if in the garbage you see some gold there, you take that gold. Oh, it is garbage, no, take. Of course, <laughs> we should not take the, you know anything from garbage usually. But if there is gold, it can be used in Krishna consciousness at least. You know, you know, it can be used for <laughs> donating in the temple at least. You know, so he is saying. I mean, he is saying an example now. So from bad things also we can take good things out. You know, and that is the actual actual. Uh, meaning of the sloka. So he says uh, even in the um, from poison if there is nectar one must take it. And Ahmedapi uh, kanchanam from, from garbage, if there is gold, take it. And uh, even if a person is born in a low family, But if he has uttamam Jnanam, if he is very knowledgeable you know and uh, especially in the science of self-realization. And even otherwise, if something you know, if somebody, somebody can help, like for example, I will give you an example myself. I have started making videos or even this live streaming. I see YouTube, okay, how people do and what is the techniques, okay, what, how to work the software, and or even in the video editing, I make some videos, you like, So, how to do this video editing? Somebody is teaching on YouTube. So, that person may not be, you know, cultured, you know, he is eating meat or eating beef or anything, you know. But if you can get something and use it for Krishna's service, why not? Why not? So, of course, we don't say that, Okay, go now and you know, learn from all this you know, material education. No, we don't say that. But in the course of our service, if we need to know, like for example, some of our devotees, they cook very nicely in the temple and they learn some recipes from somebody in the YouTube, you know, some recipe. So, you can learn something and use it in Krishna's service like that, you know, in that way. Um, so, of course, in the school, it is a different setting. It's, you know, you are associating with that person, you know, like, that's why material education is like, hmm, it's not very helpful. Anyway, let's not go into that one now. The topic is here that if we can even get some knowledge, uttamam gyanam from nature, you should take it. And striratnam Dushkuladapi. Uh, if a gem of a woman is to be found even in a bad family, one must accept and marry. So, in this way, from bad things, good things can be taken. So, um, this is called hamsa. Devotee always take the good out of everything. So anyway, so th- that is a pattern of that verse. Another pattern I will show you. There are many such, many, many such verses. Yeah, one already I quoted just now. Let's take out that one itself. Nimnaganam yatha Ganga, Devanam achuto yatha, Vaishnavanam yatha shambhu, Purananam idam Just as Ganga is the greatest of all rivers, Lord Achyuta is the supreme among deities. Lord Shambhu, Lord Sh- I mean Shiva is the greatest of Vaishnavas. So, Srimad Bhagavatam is the greatest of Puranas. So, this verse is all about the greatest things. The greatest of rivers, the greatest of deities, the greatest of devotees, the greatest of Puranas, the greatest of Vedic scriptures. So, all the greats are mentioned here. That's why we always quote, quote vaishnavanam Yatha Shambhu, Vaishnavana Yatha Shambhu. It is coming from here. So, another one is 11... 2633 of course not everything is a comparison always but there are many such verses so like that try to observe patterns is what i'm trying to say it can apply to many it can pattern can be a different thing you know because sometimes it can be a comparison sometimes it can be a, a list of grades like here and that amnaya abhyasana Ranyaruditam, that one that was what are all the things, even pious activities, if you do, but if there is no remembrance of Narayana, it is all just a material, you know, just like now yoga is going on, yoga mat, you know, yoga studios. Yes, medas chedha phalani. That is also austerity, yes. You know, all these asanas are not easy, correct. So, but there is no remembrance of Narayana, so it is just medas chedha, reducing weight, yeah, it will help. And that's what they advertise also openly. (laughs) They advertise that, yes, this will lose your belly fat, you know, they will say like that also. So, that is medas the hmm. So, in this way, mm-hmm. we have to understand, this, all these things are meant for remembering Narayana. But if that is lost, uh, yeah, there is some meager benefit of losing weight. But, you know, what is the point of losing weight? After all, you are not even the body. And you are going to lose the whole body. Not about losing weight. You will lose the whole body. After that, what? Uh, so, that is what is the real uh, thing that we need to remember again. So, this verse, 11, 26, 33 in Bhagatam. Just as food is the life of all creatures, just as I am the ultimate shelter for the distressed, just as religion is the wealth of those who are passing away from this world, so my devotees are the only refuge of persons fearful of falling into this into a miserable condition of life now okay, the previous one was easy all greatest 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 now this is what just as food is the life of all creatures I am the shelter of the distressed religion is the wealth of those who are passing away and my devotees are only refuge of persons fearful of falling into the miserable condition of life it's a beautiful verse but what is the pattern what is the common thing about all these things the common thing is that the sustenance the the dependence so every so this, this verse compares all the dependencies. So our sustenance in this world, food, You know, food is the life of all creatures, our dependence. So we depend on food and then for the distressed, they depend on the Lord. I am the ultimate shelter for the distressed. So when one is distressed, one goes to God and prays to Him. So He is depending on the Lord. And then the religion is the wealth, Dharma, vittam Niranam pretya, the religion is the wealth of those who are passing away from this world. So, for those who are passing away, what do they depend on? Because none of these things they can depend on. They cannot depend on the doctor, they cannot depend on the lawyer, they cannot depend on the, their family. Atma So, they cannot, they cannot depend on their family members to save them. They cannot, what will save them at this point? And they cannot take anything from this world. Oh, I am going to Yamalok, let me take some, you know, Oh, they are going to poke me, okay, let me take some cushion, you know, so that I, I will, No, I, I cannot take the pillow and cushion from this world and go to the Yamalok, so that some, whenever they are poking, I will put the cushion and then I will try to, you know, No, I can't take anything. I mean, I am just taking, giving them, I giving mean, crude example, but, you know, I can't take anything from this world. What can I depend on? Dharma, Vittam, that is my real wealth. Because this wealth, I have earned billions in this world, even if I earn billions. Oh, that wealth will not help me at when I'm going to die. I cannot take it with me. But what, can, what I can take it, mean, what I can take with me, what I can depend on is dharma. Whatever I have done in the in the process of dharma in my whole life, that is what I'm depending on at this point of, you know. So dharma, and especially dharma means real dharma, sanatana dharma means um, remembrance of Krishna. And that remembrance of Krishna at the time of death is what we can depend on. Even otherwise, whatever we have done in, the, in terms of dharma in the life, that we can depend on that while going to the next body. And finally, my devotees are the only refuge of persons fearful of falling into a miserable condition of life. So, if somebody was, you know fearful of getting into maya, you know, getting swept away by maya, yes, the only way is my devotees, Krishna is saying. So, the devotee association is the what we can depend upon uh, to save ourselves from falling into the trap of Maya, falling into the ocean of Maya. So these are the dependencies, so what is dependent on what? So this, so although it is not clearly evident right away, but you just see and see the pattern underlying pattern in the verse, that will help also uh, of remembering that is an added layer which can help you in remembering the verses. So, sometimes it is is like this as a comparison, but sometimes, um, you know, you just have to um, use your intelligence. Krishna will give you intelligence as you try to understand his words more closely and, you know, um, more clearly. Krishna will also give you the intelligence. Prabhupada will give you the intelligence from within. And then you will also get to know the shlokas like this. So, this is the way you can understand the shlokas. Spend some time. In the beginning, it is a little bit more laborious, but actually it is totally worth it. As we spend more and more time over the verses and try to understand more and more we get accustomed to the language, the use of the language and you know the verses and able to quote them and able to chant them. All these things will come. That's it. Alright, I think um, that is pretty much how I know how to learn verses. So I can just share what I know. And I think. Pretty much that will really help, yeah I did not show specific, I only showed very basic techniques and actually that, that very basic techniques will work with the proper mindset. We have already studied that we should not try to be more than Prabhupada. So just to recap the whole thing, we should not t- try to be more than Prabhupada when, when we are learning all these things and try to understand Sanskrit in a way that Prabhupada did not explain. So I know more than Prabhupada Finish. What will happen in that way? We will take out the verse. Everything has a verse. Everything has a shloka. bhagavati, deepa ho, tasya, The spiritual master should be considered to be directly the supreme person, supreme lord, because he gives transcendental knowledge for enlightenment. Consequently, for, though, for one who maintains the material conception that the spiritual master is an ordinary human being, which also means that he can make mistakes, he is you know, he, imperfect, you know, all these things. When we say Martya, ordinary human being means, he has all these defects. This is what we mean by ordinary human being. So consequently, for one who maintains the material conception that the spiritual master is an ordinary human being, everything is frustrated. His enlightenment and his Vedic studies and knowledge are like the bathing of an elephant. It will just prove futile. So that is the first thing, always faithful to Prabhupada and whatever he gives that is the meaning. Hmm? Of course, we should also understand it like enam, enam, the word enam was translated as soul you know, but enam means actually this. So, in the context of what is being already uh, being discussed in the series of verses, sometimes you have to look at the previous verse, the previous verse, what is the whole flow of subject? So, in that context you will sometimes get uh, the exact meaning of that uh, word and why it was translated in that way. So, that also is uh, to be uh, taken care of and um, look at the word to word meanings, take full advantage of that because Srila Prabhupada took all efforts to do that for us to actually uh, come to the point of learning the verses and um, go next step map the group of words in the Sanskrit to the group of words in the English translation and get a sense of what part of those Sanskrit words are actually meaning this. So in that way, you will have a better understanding of how those words are used together to mean this. So in that way, your depth of understanding increases, that's another layer and then above that, see if there is any pattern, if there is any comparison or if there is any, anything that will help you more in understanding that, that whole thing. Because, you see just now how I connected, when I talked about, talked about comparison, I showed you 12, 13, 16, I showed you 11, 26, 33, I showed you 2, 13, I showed you two, twenty-two. How did I map these verses? Because they have a similar underlying principle of comparison. They are comparing one thing to another, comparing one thing to another. And then there is, and the, and the Mukundamala Stotra, um, 21st verse, all the pious activities but without. So, all those are pious activities. So, they are of one category. So, and then they are mapped to, okay, if you don't have remembrance of Narayana, doing all these things will, is futile. Similarly, 1 to 8, you know, dharma-svanushtita-pumsam vishvaksena-katha-swayaha notpade-yadhiratim kevalam. So, even if I do all my duties, everything very nicely, but you have forgotten Krishna all the time, you know, if Krishna is out of my consciousness, then the whole thing is you know lost you know so of course there was uh, there's one story i'll tell you so the whole point is this so look for patterns so how i connected these verses is because there is an underlying pattern so if you recognize patterns and just keep it in mind and then try to chant those suppose like like this book this is the shloka book and if you what you do is like, maybe second chapter, go to this Bhagavad Gita section and then second chapter, there are so many verses, important verses quoted from second chapter. So try to learn all of them, try to learn one by one, one by one, one by one, like that. So as you learn more and more verses, if you have observed one pattern here and if you see a similar pattern somewhere else, oh then you can connect these two, you know in that way and sometimes the words used, the particular words used in that verse or there is this same word used was used in another place. Oh, that means that. You know, like that. So, in this way, we have to, this is, way, this is the way how we connect all the different, different slokas. You know, sometimes people say, oh, how you can quote so many slokas?" you know, when Sindhukalpa quotes so many, how does he quote so many? Or even when, oh, whatever I have learned, I also have learned from him and his training. You know, so, when we quote like this, people are astonished, oh, how can we quote so many? Actually, it is because of, over time, learning all these verses and their connections and their interdependencies and their inter I mean the patterns, similar patterns and all these things is what will make us have a very wholesome and very um, mature understanding of the whole Vedic scriptures and then in that way we can go on talking about Krishna connecting one and one and one and one we can go on and on and on, and on for for you know as long as we can. So i think the other day somebody was asking me how is it that you are you know every day you are speaking two hours you know, two and a half hours three hours what are you, what are you are speaking so much so <laughs> it is because there is so much here actually bakshidan saraswat thakur said even if you are speaking like, uh, what to speak ananta is describing krishna with its thousands of mouths for eternity he has been doing it and there is no way when he will reach the end in fact in chaitanya charitamrita it is said even if Anantadev has Describe the Lord with his thousands of mouths for eternity, it cannot, he cannot describe the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu which he performed in a single day. In a single day. He has lived here for 48 years. What he had done in a single day cannot be described by Anantadeva even if he goes on for eternity. That much intricate pastimes of the Lord. So we can never finish. Two hours out of 22, 24 hours is nothing. Uh, so, but we can speak when we, you know, learn. So, as we learn, we should also speak and we should also try to reproduce. Prabhupada said we should repeat in the 19th chapter, 157th verse or something like this. Anyway, so, we should also, also preach, repeat and chant to ourselves. Even if there is nobody, just chant the verses yourself and when you chant, don't just chant blindly. Okay, I have, I have learned the verses. Fine, good. But when you are saying those words, try to understand what you are saying. Always, never lose connection with the meaning and, and just chant it. Oh yes Prabhu, I remember this verse. Yeah, I remember now this verse and that verse. Okay, good. But do you know, if I ask you one, if I will take one word from that verse and ask you the meaning of that word, do you know in or not? Or, okay, if in, do you know the meaning of this verse? Yes, yes, yes. They will full verbatim, they will, you know, same. If you say, okay, which part of the shloka is saying this part of the translation? Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> so, therefore, even when we are chanting, par kaunteya, agama onitya, sabhar. there is also comparison, 2.14. Just like winter and summer season is passing, we just tolerate them. Similarly, the the happiness and distress must be tolerated. So, again, see the comparison. Actually, many, many verses are like this. Uh, especially in Bhagavad Gita, in Srimad you know, Bhagavatam, even in the Kshetram Kshetram, 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 uh, Kshetram what is it? Thirteenth Ksh- chapter. Kshetram Chapimam Vidhi Sarvak Kshetreshu Bharata. Yeah. Kshetram Vidhi Sarvak Kshetreshu yeah. So, the Kshetram, the body is a field and then the uh, what is that, the soul is the farmer, you know, like the uh, person who is on the field, who is the owner of the field or the knower of the field and then the super, supreme soul is the knower of all fields and the knower of the knowers of the fields. That means he is the knower of the material bodies, he is the knower of all the souls and everything. So, there is comparison of field and a farmer and an owner like that. So, every time, see all these patterns and try to understand them and picturize them also, Pictureize them. It will help you even more. Have a graphical understanding of it, like, um, like those those pious activities, for example, Vedic scriptures. Have the picture of mind, picture in mind. Okay, reading of Vedic scriptures, you know, going to holy places. You know, you you know, maybe some of you have gone to holy places and taken bath in the holy rivers, or you know. So all this remember, so, okay, that. So if you remember it to actual real life things and also to paintings of Krishna, like Krishna, some slokas are about Krishna's description, the description of Krishna. So when you are saying those words, it should lead you to that meditation of, on the form of Krishna. And if Krishna is saying something, it should all, we should understand it graphically, picturally. So that will help. So use it as that also, like the body is like the clothes. So. Imagine. Okay, not imagine. You know, every day you are, you know, taking off clothes, wearing clothes. You know, every as you are changing clothes every day. Now, this is exactly how I change bodies every day. So every day you are changing clothes. So when you are changing clothes, you can remember this verse. So always connect it to your activities, and you know, don't just uh, put it in a silo. You know, you know, silo in your memory, and then put it there. No, always bring it into your experience, into your as you are living life get it into, you know, what is, you know, um, what Shastra says about this, what Shastra says about that, what Shastra says about this. So, and when the descriptions are there, when we, whatever description is there, when you actually, you know, that's why when you are learning the verse, try to picturize it, pictureize it, it will help also. And then, and connect it to your own life incidents, you know, like going to the holy places or doing austerity. Oh, just yes, remember. Oh, if I'm doing austerity, if I don't remember Krishna, then you know it is a waste. It is just um, losing weight. Remember, maybe yeah, I was in Ekadasi and I was fasting and I was always thinking what I can eat. You know what? You know what? When is the next Dvadasi coming? You know when? I, so I can eat nicely. You know, <laughs> you can just think. You know, oh, see, I'm, I'm actually not remembering Krishna, but I'm just, you know, um, so that is actually just it. Only helped me lose weight rather than giving give me the. Devotion to Krishna instead, instead I should have engaged in more service in this way. You know. So put it everything into your whole your thinking and internalize it, everything. Everything that we read, you know, we just don't okay, it is a laughable subject. Oh um, that all these yogic practices, you know, without remembrance of Krishna is just a matter of losing weight. It's a nice joke, but it is what actually might be happening with us, especially me. Uh, I may be doing this. Uh, I, fasting or Janmasana fasting, when is that midnight or hour going to come, so that I can quickly go and eat something, you know, so that kind of <laughs> consciousness, it will happen, you know, as it is said in the Bhagavatam, when you fast, you will control every single part of the body except the tongue, I think we will go to that verse, you know this was by fasting, except tongue, everything else is controlled. 11.820. You see this? Indriyani jayantyashu Nirahara Shinaha Varjayitvatu Rasanam Tannirannasya Vardhate Vardhate. By fasting, learned men quickly bring all of the senses except the tongue under control. <laughs> because by abstaining from eating, such men are afflicted with an increased desire to gratify the sense of taste. So, <laughs> So, this is the way how you know we may, we may be misled by, by the practice, but the, the spirit of the law, you know, when there is a law and then there is a spirit of the law, the whole point of fasting is sense control and use the senses in Krishna's service. But then, because we are not so advanced, it's not that immediately I, I can come to the point of remembering Krishna. So, we should know our frailties, our, our mistakes, our. So, use these uh, shlokas as not just to defeat some opponent, you know, in argument, that's not the whole point. The whole point is how to control my mind, how to see where I am actually going wrong and you know, all this contemplation and introspection, all these things, the shlokas help. Oh, you see? Yeah, the shloka says, you know, by fasting, we can control like, everything except the time. That's exactly what is happening to me now. Oh, mm, okay, let's chant Hare Krishna, let's try. You know? So, at least we try. We are failing, yes. It's not that immediately we'll be successful, we'll be, oh, we'll be completing Krishna consciousness in fasting. No, may, maybe not. Yes, it will take time. It will take years, maybe even lifetimes. So, our main thing is that we should observe, okay. See my fallen position, I am like this. So, let me try more and more, and more and more, more and more. As we try incrementally, incrementally, slowly we will increase, we will increase. So, in that way, uh, we should use these shlokas to always introspect on ourselves as well. So, therefore, it is not just for preaching to others, more importantly, it is preaching to ourselves. Shlokas, all this scriptural understanding is to preach to ourselves, swadhyaya, not paradhyaya. Hmm. So, we have to learn, we have to uh, correct ourselves and we have to improve ourselves. So, it is actually preaching to ourselves. So, even when, now I am speaking all these things, these are not to just to educate you because I am in a position of you know like a pure devotee, <laughs> no, this is to preach to myself, I am speaking for my own purification. Prabhupad, yes, he, he can preach, he is the real preacher, he is preaching to everyone because he wants to save them. I am preaching because I want to save myself. Others will be saved because that is the order of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He said, preach so that they will be saved. So by the order by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's by Prabhupada's mercy, they will be pre- they will, you know, everybody will be saved by the preaching. Not because I am a great preacher, because I am a great soul, you know, and I am giving my mercy and therefore people are becoming saved. No. I am doing this to save myself. <laughs> because if I don't do this, I will be gone. Because if we don't execute the order of spiritual master, we, we will be gone. So we have to always execute the order of spiritual master. We are distributing books, giving lectures or giving prasadam and you know, all these things. These are for our purification. Then you may say um, Prabhu, you know, so many people are being changing. They are changing because it's Prabhupada's words, it's Krishna's words. They are on the platform where they can give you Krishna. They have Krishna in their... So, Prabhupada has Krishna in his pocket, in his heart. Krishna say Tomar. Bhaktivana Thakur said, Krishna, mar, Krishna, paro. You know? you ha- Krishna is your property and you can give him to anybody you want. You know? He is in your pocket, he is in your heart. So, he has the power to give Krishna. Where we have power to give Krishna? You, know, you may say, but I am being inspired. How come I am being inspired? It is because it is Prabhupada's words. It is because it is Krishna's words. Uh, so, the, the good thing about uh, Krishna's topics is that, when we discuss about Krishna's topics, everybody becomes benefited because the the speaker gets benefited the hearer gets benefited everybody gets benefited Hmm. Uh, even though we may not be perfect if we repeat the perfect message the speaker and the hearer everybody will get benefited so we should improve ourselves with all these things so this is the whole mindset with which to approach local learning all right so I think um, we will end the session here and if there are any questions Yadvat Tadvat, 270, Manajakshi Madhya said, Yadvat Tadvat, so yeah, so this is all comparison. 270 is a very good example of, Apuryam Anam, Achala Pratishtam, Samsara Yadvat, so just like the ocean, that's why, patterns, observe patterns, so here it is said, Tadvat Kamayam Pravishanti Sarve, Sashanti Maknoti Nakama Kame, A person who is not disturbed by the incessant flow of desires that enter like rivers into the ocean. Like rivers into the ocean is the comparison. So rivers enter into the ocean, you know how much liters of water are entering into the ocean every time, every second from the rivers? One ocean can have many rivers from different continents entering into it. And if you calculate the number of liters of the water from the river that is going on, oh you can't calculate thousands of tons of water is going every second. But the ocean is not increasing. It's remaining still. It should, by right, if you calculate like that, it should overflow all the cities, but no, by the order of Krishna. Similarly, just as the ocean is, although so many rivers are coming, it is not, uh, you know, becoming full and, you know, over uh, uh, agitated and, you know, like overwhelmed. Similarly, when desires come, we should not be overwhelmed. We should be as grave as the ocean. As grave as the ocean and not be overwhelmed by all the rivers of desires that come and in that way, we can achieve peace. Not the man who strives to satisfy such desires. If we chase those, oh this desire is coming, okay, let me chase this. If the ocean goes towards the river, okay, let let me, let me, you know, then the ocean will go over and everything is gone. See, it is agitated. So, the ocean is never agitated like that. Let the rivers come, whatever it comes, but nothing will disturb me. I will be remaining as I am. So, that is only possible of course, if one is Krishna conscious. One cannot like, let it come, let it come, (laughs) simply be swept away, like Vishwamitra. Just he heard, he was doing meditation. Menaka came and, you know, her ankle bells, ching, 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 finish. One daughter came out, Sakundala. So, this this will happen. (laughs) If we just try to do it without taking shelter of Krishna's lotus feet. If we do take shelter of Krishna's lotus feet, then yes, we can be as grave as the ocean. That's why one of the 26 qualities of a devotee is that, he is grave, grave, not easily, you know, not not shallow. You know, grave means the ocean is so deep, so deep. Hmm. So, similarly, one should be deeply, you know, in spiritual life. If one is shallow, and put some water from the river, and then everything will go overflowing, you know. So, you know, one should not be like that. One should be deep, and one can accept any amount of. Everything will just be insignificant. The, although it is tons and millions of tons of water that are entering the ocean, it is nothing compared to the actual amount of water there is in the ocean. It's very very insignificant. So, because it is so much water, therefore this water doesn't do any harm. Therefore, these sensory desires, they are offering, hey, take this happiness, you know, this, eat this one or enjoy uh, that movie or this, that, this, that, rivers coming. But you have so much water in you, that means one should be so much satisfied with his own happiness in Krishna Consciousness that he is no more, you know, um, he doesn't need all these other water from other sources, doesn't. Even if it comes, it just mixes. In fact, it becomes part of the ocean. It becomes part of the ocean. The river, the water part becomes part of the ocean. So even those desires when they come, they use it in Krishna service. So, karma, for example, karma, lust. The karma, is lust, you know we become distracted uh, towards a girl or something but the kama if it you know if it is used in krishna consciousness kama krishna karma pane, using that that um, the, the the lust in activities you know in krishna karma arpane kama krishna karma arpane, or krodha material desire is coming in the way of anger that anger can be used for you know krishna consciousness like hanuman used anger and gopis used kama lust for krishna you know, so, in this way everything is spiritualized, instead of the ocean chasing the river, the river will become part of the ocean in fact and the ocean will remain still as it is. You know? So it is so much. So, if we have that kind of happiness, If we are so rich in happiness, <coughs> suppose if one is a million millionaire, billionaire, and if somebody offers him, "Sir, I, I want to give ten dollars to you. You know, you, I want to help you. I want to give you ten dollars. All right, take." It doesn't make a difference to you. It doesn't make a difference. If a person has zero, or oh, ten dollars means a lot to him. So, if a person is poor in happiness, if he's not connected in Krishna consciousness, bhavana shantir kutasukham. Where is the sukham? for that person who is not Krishna conscious, if he is so poor or oh, when this material desire comes, oh I am offering you 10 rupee, 10 dollars, oh yes, 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 I want it, I want it, I oh, will chase, chase it, but if you are a billionaire in happiness, you know like Krishna conscious, so rich in happiness, this 10 dollar what, what is the use of it, I, I, I don't need your 10 dollar, come on, take it, I, I, you keep it, Or oh, you want to give, I, you give me, I will use it in Krishna service, you see, in that way you, you are you are benefited, you know, So, in that way, so, like this internalize everything, try to understand everything deeply, everything, you know, in that way you will not forget it, you will remember those examples very nicely and shlokas, all these things, you know, come very nicely. Alright, so, now let's take questions. And uh, Nikita Mataji, her name is what, I forget, initiated name, I forget. Maybe you change your Facebook name to initiated name so that I will always remember. <laughs> Thank you very much Prabhu, for all your efforts and time, you are making it very easy for us on how to learn Krishna Conscious Basics with these sessions, moreover these sessions are boosting us to read Prabhupada's books and you this initiative is best way to associate with devotees in the current situation. Thank you very much for your kind appreciation and uh, yeah this is what we wanted to offer and if all of you can take it seriously then it will be nice, alright. Question from Vishnu Teja. How do the other sampradayas interpret the shastric evidence for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance? Mm, I do not know. I do not know. So, shastric evidence is there. So our 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 uh, claim is it's not is legitimate. It's not illegitimate. So that's what matters to us. Ramanuja acharya for example, he was preaching dasiras servitude, but he knew, there is a description in the Navadvip uh, Dham Mahatmya by Bhaktivinoda Thakur that Ramanujacharya actually secretly went to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Although Chaitanya Mahaprabhu only would come later on, but Ramanujacharya had a darshan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. And he, when he saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he wanted to, you know, dive into the ocean of uh, Madhuriyaras, this uh, conjugal love. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu told him, no, you preach Dasaras in the, in that South India. So, you preach Dasaras, and, but internally you think about Radha Krishna Prema. So, in that way, Gauranga Mahaprabhu advised, instructed Ramanujacharya. So, externally Ramanujacharya was preaching Dasaras, but internally he was in Mathureras. So, that is explained in the Navadvip Bhavataranga, uh, Navadvip, Bhavataranga or Navadvip Dham Mahatmyam problem. So, Bhaktivuna Thakur explained that. <clears throat> so, these things are all rahasya, daiva rahasya. we can't even comprehend. Uh, but from Shastras, from Vedic scriptures, there are so many evidences of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, whether other sampradayas accept it or not, not our concern, we don't want to offend them at the same time. At the same time, we have our material, so that we can base it on. so And great Acharyas have also accepted, who are authorized devotees, who have accepted Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, they are not fools. And all, so many, actually there is a compilation, there was one article which has all the compilations of different, different Shastra quotations. Even Pralad Maharaj, he said in the chapters, Kanto 7, chapter 9, text 38, Ittham uh, Niruterya Rishideva Jhashavata uh, In that, in the last, in the third line he said, Channa, um, Channa uh, Trigo oh, I forget the line. इत्थं निरितर्यक ऋषिदेव जशआवतारैर लोकान् विभावयसि हंसि जगत प्रतिपान आ धर्मम इज दैट युगानुवृत्तं धर्मं महापुरुषपास युगानुवृत्तं छन्नः कलाव यद प्रलाद महाराज सेंग in this way, my Lord, you appear in various incarnations as a human being, an animal, a great saint, a demigod, a fish, or a tortoise, thus maintaining the entire creation in different planetary systems and killing the demoniac principles. According to the age, oh my Lord, you protect the principles of religion. In the age of Kali, however, you do not assert yourself as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Channaha. Channaha Kalau. Kalau means in Kali Yuga. In Kali Yuga, you are Channa, you are hidden. You don't assert yourself. Has a supreme personality of Godhead, and therefore you are known as Triyuga or the Lord who appears in three yugas. So this is also indi- uh, indirect. Um, this thing to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, reference to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Of course, we have the Krishnavarnam, varnam, Vishak Krishna, Sango Pangas Traparshadam, Yagyahehe Sangkirtana Sumedha Saham. So we have this, which is so strong, and Suvarnavarna Hemango in Mahabharat. Vishnu's Ashram's is there. This is there, you see. This is 11.532 of Bhagavatam. In the age of Kali, intelligent persons perform congregational chanting. Yajnai Sankirtana Praya. Sankirtana is you know, mentioned here. Intelligent persons perform congregational chanting to worship the incarnation of Godhead who constantly sings the names of Krishna. Krishna Varnam. Krishna Varnam means two things. Krishna Varna means, varna means category, like Varnashram. Brahmana varna, kshatriya varna, vaishya varna, shudra varna, that is varna. Varna means category, caste. Krishna varnam, that means he is in the category of Krishna, but Krishna varnayati, varna, varnana means to describe, to glorify. So he is in the category of Krishna, but he glorifies Krishna. That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He is Krishna himself, but he is glorifying Krishna. That is the meaning of Krishna varnam. Krishna, Krishna Varanam, Tvisha Krishnam. Tvisha means complexion. Akrishnam means is not Krishna, is not black. Krishna means black. Krishna colour means black. Of course, Krishna means all attractive, but also Krishna, also another meaning of Krishna is black. So, Akrishnam, the colour is not dark. It's not exactly black. You know, it's, it's you know, that blue, dark blue, which is, it is not in the material world. The nearest fla, the nearest colour is the, color of the cloud and the Atasi flower which is the blue color, so these references but the real color of Krishna is not to be found in this world at all, so beautiful dark blue color. So, but that dark color is not there in this incarnation, so that is golden, so that is this, this Pita, yeah? that uh, Sandipani Muni, not Sandipani Muni, who is that? Uh, yeah, Sandipani Muni, when he saw Krishna when he was born, then he said, uh, Who you know, his, he checked his astrology and he said, Oh, this boy, you know, he, in different yugas he, you know, he appears as Shukla Rakta Tatha Pita. You know, he, he, he has white color, that is in Satya Yuga, and, and uh, other is, has red color, and in Kali Yuga he has yellow color, Pita. So that golden color, golden avatar is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Gauranga Mahaprabhu. So, these things have been described. So, there are so many references. Just that, some people do not note all these things carefully. So, But if they note, they will realize also. But I don't know what they are exactly thinking. But as far as we are concerned, this is all completely in Shastra. Alright. Krishna and are So, we should worship Lord Shiva. I think we have already covered this. We should not worship Lord Shiva in the form of demigod like this. Easily, we can be misled into that mode of worship like a demigod as... We have probably been used to before as Hindus. So, therefore, we will respect him, all respects as the complete best Vaishnava. I mean, we can become even Lord Brahma, but we cannot become Lord Shiva, you know. So, that is his position. He is next only to Narayana, but he is next to Narayana. He is not equal to Narayana. <coughs> Prithviraj Prabhu, uh, in this verse, There is no mention of the word soul in Sanskrit, although that is the integral element which is transmigration of soul. Please shed some light. Exactly. So not only this, from the entire 2.13, 2.12, all the way to 2.30, he never uses the word atma at all. But he uses the word dehi as the embodied, the embodied, the thing that is embodied, you know. So that is the soul. Because our present vision cannot see it. So He is saying there is something inside which you cannot see it, that is embodied, that is covered by this body, you are trapped inside this body, so he is, of course he is referring to the soul, but he used he did not use the word Atma directly, Dehi, he used the word Dehi, the owner of the body, Deha, hmm, so of course in the purport, there is the quotations from uh, Katha Upanishad, you know, keshagra shatabhagasa shatadha kalpitas cha jeeva Jeeva-bhagosa-savigyaya-sacha-anantaya-kalpate, in other words, Chitkana, uh, Anandyas Chitkana. Chitkana means spiritual particles, the soul, the size of the soul, everything is described. So it is all coherent with the same, but this that he uses he used the word dehi, the owner of the deha. to separate us from the deha. deha if we're not deha, but dehi, the occupier of the body, but not the body. Therefore, it is to be understood by, from Sri Prabhupada's uh, translations in that way. Vishnu Teja. Do meat eaters go directly to the hellish planets or do they directly get reincarnated as the animals they ate or do both happen? Hmm. There is actually a shloka. Uh, I don't remember the number now. I don't know if somebody can maybe get the shloka out. I don't know. If anybody of you know the... uh, Is it the one? (coughs) Hmm... Alright, so, anyway, that verse is there in the 11th canto, I guess, in the Bhagavatam. So, it is said that one goes into the hellish planet. Suppose one has to become a pig. So, he is first taken to the hellish planet. And there he is given stool to eat, as a, in a human body, human-like body. He is given stool to eat. He hates it in the beginning, but he is just pushed. You have to eat it, that's it. And if he is not eating it, he will be pushed, you know. So, he is forced to eat the stool until to the point where he becomes adapted to eating stool. And then, when he comes as a pig, he will love eating stool. <laughs> you give him halva also, he will not take. Yeah, whatever you give him, he will eat stool only. No, 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 that is best. You know, that until we get to that point, we will be trained in the hell. So, it is said that we are trained there and after that, Will be good in put in the animal body and suffer even greatly there also. So, I, I don't remember the number, Gopal Prabhu would have just took it out like that now, but you know, I need to learn a lot still. So, Venkatesh Prabhu, for this connection, Vani quotes also have all slokas linked at one place. Can we see and learn slokas from that or that continuously, learn sloka one after another and link which is better? Yeah, this is good to, no need to learn all the slokas of Bhagavad Gita 2nd chapter 1st and then 3rd chapter or even 1st chapter 2nd chapter in that order. Even I did not learn exactly in that order because what I used to see, how I learned practically was I was listening to Sunda Gopal Prabhu's classes in the temple. And as he was having these classes, you know, on Bhagavad Gita, at one point point I remember when I just uh, joined a temple, he was having classes every day, in the evening, for us, for a small group of people. Um, so he was having every day, I think until third chapter or something like this, he had. So when he was, he was describing, when he was explaining one verse, then he would quote so many other verses, so we would note down. I used to have a notebook, note down. So what happens in a lecture usually, is we are discussing one verse. So all the points that are mentioned in that verse and in the translation and purport, we are discussing all that. So, it happens that all the verses that the speaker may quote, will be related. So, in that way, we will be learning all the related shlokas, even though they may be from other places, Bhagavatam here and there, Padma Purana or some Upanishad here and there. So, all those are mentioned. So, even in the the Bhagavad Gita itself, if you see the purports, especially in the second chapter, he starts to quote so many uh, Upanishads and Vedic literatures and other Puranas and other Acharyas, he quotes so many references all the way, all the way throughout the Bhagavad Gita. So, there also you can get, the, the verses in the purport are also to be memorized because they are related to that verse. Although they come from some Shvetashvatar Upanishad, Katha Upanishad, some Padma Purana, some some Madhavendra Puris quotation or some uh, Viraragavacharya's quotation or Ramanujacharya's quotation. All these are uh, to be uh, learned from there in the purport and in the lecture also all the verses will be in the same topic. And as you said, in the Vani Quotes, that is also the same topic. But what I have realized, even if you see here, in the last, there is an index according to topic. And the verses that are there, you know. So that is also there, here also it is there. So, but the thing is, you can learn it like that. I find it very effective when we hear it, explained in a context, in a lecture, especially Prabhupada's lecture, when we hear Prabhupada's lecture or the devotees' lecture, it is expanded upon, not only just the verse in the translation, it is expanded upon and the the explanation is expanded into various other, you know, branching out to various explanations. So all that context helps us in having a much more strong understanding of the verse and also a strong connection with other verses. Now, although you can say, okay, you can go to Vani course and then get a topic and just memorize all the verses. You can do that. But sometimes, when you want to connect this verse to that verse, and maybe one of the verses in that is also connected to another topic. Like for example, Nimnaganam yatha Ganga, Devanam achuto yatha, Vaishnava yatha shambhu, Purananam idam Tatha. So, this is four different topics. about Lord Shiva, yes, this is one shloka. But the same shloka has also about Ganga, same shloka also about Bhagavatam, same shloka is also about Achyuta. So, so, many things are there in one shloka. So, the connection with the other others also, and in that way, expanding to other, all this web of connections to all these different shlokas and different descriptions, that is understood when we hear explanations, especially when Srila Prabhupada quotes in his lectures when he quotes a shloka. And like he says, Sangat Sanjayate Kamaha, from our association comes our desires. So actually that is taken from two, chapter 2, text 62. But then he, he used that in many, many contexts, Sangat Sanjayate Kama. So how you would become devotee? By associating with devotees. Because, Sangat Sanjayate Kamaha, your desires will develop according to your association. So although, in that particular verse, it is not used in that context of devotees. But the, the idea of that, Sangat Sanjayate Kamaha, is universally applicable Ubhayor api Tvanayos tattva in the second chapter 16th verse, the, the philosophers, they, after studying the nature of the non-permanent and the permanent, that is the body and the soul, uh, they said that of the non-permanent, there is no endurance and of the permanent, there is no cessation. That means the body will not last and the soul will never die, will always last, will, is everlasting. So, this they have concluded by studying the nature of both. Ubhayor api drishtontas, tattva so, after studying both, the material and spiritual natures, they have concluded this is the... This. So, that means, the same thing can be used in universally. Like, suppose, you know, somebody says something about the other person, but then you got to get both sides of the story. So, that is the both sides, get the idea from both sides and then, like a judge, he hears this side, he hears the, you know, both parties and then he comes to a judgement. According to the law, so similarly that ubhayoropidrishontas tvanayos Darshabhehi in the second chapter 16th verse can be used in this way also in, in you know in um, other applications. So these things you will get over time you know as we hear devotees use it. And that's why it is said Bhagavatam is very sweet, but it, from the mouth of Sukadeva Goswami it becomes even sweeter. And um, Narada Bhakti Sutra, he said. Um Muni said, 69th shloka of, 69th sutra, Shastri Kurvanti Shastrani, Sukamukad, Amrita Bravasamyutam, uh, So, this is, that from the mouth of a devotee, the Shastra becomes even more authoritative. Especially, from the mouth of a pure devotee, and you know, those who are following in his footsteps. Then, of, although there are so many verses in the sh- Shastra, they will point to this verse, like Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he will quote one verse according to that. Then we know, Although we have read that verse before, but we do not know this much importance of the verse. Then, when the devotees point to that verse, okay, now it is important because he has pointed it there. So, this verse is important. So, in this way, hearing from devotees, we actually understand the significance of these words and therefore, it is is very helpful to hear hear, and then take notes and then go through and contemplate on the meanings and the things that are explained and the, the web of connections everything. Sorry for the long-winded answer, but this is what I understand from learning verses. So just by looking at a list of verses about a particular topic, it can help to an extent, that's what I would say. But there is more depth to it. So hearing, regularly reading, observing how Prabhupada is quoting, observe how the devotees are quoting and in that way, get more and more deeper understanding of everything and so Somagiri Prabhu from Hungary Hare Krishna Prabhu what do you recommend reading the whole Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamata etc and after start again to learn more detail or firstly we have to learn very well or parallel if useful I have a fear I never finishing if I try to learn first time completely what do you think thank you (laughs) good question you can do parallelly. that's what I did So we have been learning verses in the lectures and then when so learning verses is one thing and then reading was just going on I was just reading just just reading it's not like to memorize it to study it to get all this web of connections and all the deep understanding no everything it won't happen actually you won't go very fast in that you just read you just read as a just as as you would read a novel just read it Um, from start to finish and then go to the next book next book you can always read it, and on the side, you can w- learn these verses parallel. You can do parallel. You don't have to wait until you finish all of Prabhupada's books and then start learning the shlokas. No, you can do it parallelly. So that's what we also did, and you can do it the same. So, yeah, that's what I would recommend. It's not practical anyway to learn every I mean to read everything and then come back to this. Because you are already learning some things, so as you are learning, pick up and then catch those verses, you know, put it in your memory, trap them and then try to, you know, um, you know understand them more, use them more as you speak and, you know, in that way and chant to them, chant, chant those verses even if you are just alone and you are doing your things in the house, household chores, whatever it is, you just chant those things, chant those verses and then, in that way you will always remember and then when you are speaking to somebody, just use them and at the same time, you read. You read the Bhagavatam, just like, just reading one page to another, next page to the next page the whole book and then go into the next book. Just continue that reading. No problem. Sunita Sharma. The demigods are occupying posts such as Indra, but does Lord Shiva occupy a post also? So as Sadashiva, he has his own Loka, Dham, where he is always serving the Supreme Lord, he is meditating on the Lord. That's why Lord Shiva has two features, as devotee and as two roles basically. One is a devotee. He's Full acharya of a whole Vaishnava Sampradaya. And the other is as a demigod, he has to <coughs> provide for them. he is called Bhutanath, he, he provides for the you know people in the mode of ignorance and the ghosts and goblins and this kind of creatures. And those who are in the mode of ignorance they worship Lord Shiva. So this is also explained in the Bhagavadam. So in this way, there is um, as a demigod, his role is like that. Ashutosh he usually also gives material benedictions. But that's because he doesn't want to be disturbed in his, his meditation to Krishna. So, okay, you want something, take, take. Uh, I will go back to my meditation. So, when one comes to him for spiritual knowledge, oh, he has. He, you know, in the Bhagavatam, you can see how Lord Shiva instructed the Prachetas and, you know, so many times, even his own wife Parvati. Narayana vibhyati, this was spoken by Lord Shiva. That whoever devotees of Narayana, they are completely fearless. Whether hell, heaven or you know, liberation, it's all the same for them because they are completely absorbed in Krishna consciousness. There's all these things. So Lord Shiva has these two roles, so he has to play. But he has a position, he is he's a gunavatar, He's in charge of the mode of ignorance in the material world and also um, he is in charge of the destruction therefore, destruction is in the mode of ignorance. So destruction is under his purview and also the ignorance of, I mean the, the ignorant beings like the ghosts, goblins and all these people and the people in the mode of ignorance. So he is called Bhutanath, therefore. But at the same time, he is the topmost Vaishnav. These two roles he plays. Sri, is it true that Prabhupada did not want us to use Bengali words? We cannot say Mangala Aratika, but Mangal Arati. Aratrika. Aratika, Arati. it does not matter, you know, he never said like that. But while, while chanting, he did not say Ramo. Some Bengalis say there, Ramo, Ramo. Prabhupada said, who is this Ramo? <laughs> I actually, there is this quote of Prabhupada, you know. Who is this Ramo? Who is Ramo? So, then I actually went and, you know, googled it. Ramo, is there any person called Ramo? Who is Ramo? Then actually there is a name. <laughs> some ancient Greek fellow, you know, some, some you know, whatever. Some some obscure personality and somewhere in history. Some Ramo is there. <laughs> Ramo means that person. <laughs> you are not chanting the name of Ramo. So, he wanted to chant Rama, you know, like that. But he himself had his own Bengali accent, like for example, Kshatriya, he said Khotriya, Khotriya, so Khotriya is, is a Bengali, is a Bengali accent and um, even Arjun, Arjuna, he did not say Arjuna, he said Orjun, Orjun, so that is Bengali accent, so I, I don't see a problem with all that, but especially the Mahamantra has to be Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Hare, not like Ramo, you know? Um, Vishnu Teja, after the golden age, will there be no way to get delivered? So, many people may not understand this, but I understand what you are speaking about. So, in the Kali Yuga, this is now the golden age, the 10,000 years from the start of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's, appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It is a golden age of Kali Yuga, 10,000 years. So, in this age, anybody who takes shelter of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, goes back to Godhead. So, that that facility is available. But after that golden period, Kali Yuga will be in its full-fledged, already it looks like it's in full-fledged, but actually no. For 10,000 years, it will, now already 500 plus years have passed, so 9,470, or 60 years, still more to go. So, these are the golden age of Kali Yuga. After that, Hare Krishna will be completely out of the sight, out of sound, everything. After the Kali Yuga will be like fully, but there will be Brahmanas, like Vishnu Yasha, the father of Kalki, Bhagwan at the end of Kali Yuga, for right at the end. He is a Brahmana, full qualified Brahmana. They will be so hidden, so obscure, like completely away from, nobody will even know. The name and the word God will be completely forgotten. That will be Kali Yuga. So, so almost, yeah, almost zero chance of being delivered at that time. So better, we make our way back to Godhead before that happens because we are asking for trouble otherwise, so we have to be serious now. Alright, lot has been covered and uh, we have spent so much time. Oh Vishwam Prabhu, Ah, Vishwam Prabhu is here. Okay, good. He has given the reference. He always comes to my rescue. Mm. 3.30.29 Vishnu Prabhu is a master of many, many verses. I don't know as many verses as he knows. Actually. Lord Kapila continued, My dear mother, it is sometimes said that we experience hell or heaven on this planet for hellish punishments are sometimes visible on this planet also. So in the purport, sometimes unbelievers do not accept these statements of scripture regarding hell. They disregard such authorized descriptions. Lord Kapila therefore confirms them by saying that these hellish conditions are also visible on this planet. It is not that they are only on the planet of where Yamaraj lives. On the planet of Yamaraj, the sinful man is given the chance to practice living in the hellish conditions which he will have to endure in the next life and then he is given a chance to take birth on another planet to continue his hellish life. For example, if a man has to be, is to be punished to remain in hell and eat stool and urine, then first of all he practices such habits on the planets of Yamraj, and then he is given a particular type of body, that of a hog, so that he can eat stool and think that he is enjoying life. It is stated previously that in any hellish condition, the conditioned soul thinks he is happy, otherwise it would not be possible for him to suffer hellish life. Hmm. Actually, there is a shloka also on this. There's, I think there is a. Anyway, we get the idea, you see, this is, this is there um 52613 yeah so how the kumbhipaka hell is there so sri is asking that um i thought in the what is that, the means to get deliverance the yuga dharma changes from age to age for for kali yuga it is naam sankirtan well the holy name will always work. Who, Valmiki, he was chanting Ram, Ram, Mara, Ram, 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 Ram in this way, Mara. He started with Mara, ended up Ram, but he, that was in, you know, way back, Satya Yuga. So, holy name worked, and uh, Hanuman is always chanting, Treta Yuga, always chanting Ram, Ram. In fact, he is chanting so much Ram that from the pores of his body, each pore of his body, there is Ram, Ram, Ram coming out. Not just from his mouth. That much he is chanting. So he is also chanting. So chanting will always work. It is not that it will not work in other yugas. No, it will work. But it is especially the only way of deliverance in Kali Yuga. And especially even though there are so many words of, so many names of Krishna which can, one can chant. Among all names Hare Krishna Mahamantra is the topmost. Uh, that's why it is said in the from the Padma Purana and it is quoted also that Thousand names of Vishnu is equal to one name of Ram, and three names of uh, three thousand names of Vishnu is equal to one name of Krishna. So it's like a concentrated drug, you know, concentrated medicine. So the name of Krishna is already the medicine, but in that also the concentration thousand names of Vishnu is one name of Ram, and three thousand names of Vishnu is one name of Krishna. So Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Hare Hare. The amount of speed at which one becomes purified, you know, the, the, that's why it's called Mahamantra. So, we have, to, we have to follow the prescribed name that is given, although Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's name is also, in fact, there is no offence also, but still we have to chant Hare Krishna, because that is the prescribed method. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also prescribed it, Shastra also prescribed it. So, prescribed method we have to follow. Then Sri asks, I thought in the Bhavishya Puran it said people will stop chanting the holy names after the golden age. Mostly, yes. So, David says, he says he was saved by Jesus Christ. Yes, very good. Well, If he has to come, if David has come here to argue, we are not here to argue. We have all our all respects to Jesus as a messenger of God. And we have many such messengers in our um, culture as well. Um, Like Prabhupada is the one like that. In fact, he gave knowledge that is not even to be found anywhere else. Hmm. So like Jesus, he said, man is made in the image of God. So he uh, gave the information about God. To an extent, but beyond that, no, because the people were not ready to understand. He was very much capable of giving the information, but he did not, because the people were not ready to understand. So, but Prabhupada, he gave freely Hare Krishna Mahamantra, the topmost Mantra he gave to the most fallen mlecchas and yavanas. This is you know, this is the most most significant contribution of Srila Prabhupada. What no acharya could give before, he gave it to the whole world, unprecedented unprecedented and unmatched. Hmm. Therefore, we consider Prabhupada to be even far, 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 far more greater than even Jesus Christ. Also, of course, Prabhupada gave his full respects to Jesus Christ and said, he is my Guru, he is our Guru. But, you know, by the mercy, that's why, a Guru can become powerful by having the right knowledge. You know, you know we are not envious of Jesus Christ, of course not. He showed the prime example of how You know, he was crucified. You know, he took so much risk to spread the name of Krishna, of God, Christ. So the same thing, Haridas Thakur also, Prabhupada also, all Acharyas go through the same thing. So that principle is always the highest. But at the same time, because he did not follow the exact Vedic uh, way of religion, so therefore, we don't really follow his uh, path. We respect all Christians, though, that's another thing. so nowadays, the Christians also the problem is they don't follow. Where is the thou shall not kill, where they are following? If the commandment is there, thou shall not kill. They are all eating meat, hardly anybody vegetarian, very few. So that is not good, that's not a Christian. Christian means to follow Jesus completely, follow the Bible completely. Of course, they say, oh, that, that is mentioning to the human beings, you know, we should not kill human beings. No, no, no. That, that should have been thou shall not murder. No, thou shall not kill. That was the original word. Now, some of the versions of the Bible says thou shall not murder that's that we don't accept that because that's not the original word the original word was thou shall not kill and that means all types of life therefore one should not kill especially animals no. So well we are not here to argue with anyone they can say whatever they want but we are here now to learn how to learn shlokas. So Mr. David if you are if you want to learn shlokas you are most welcome here but if you are not then this is not the place to argue so we, we, don't, we don't want to get into any argument anyway. We have all respect for Jesus Christ, but uh, we have th- we have our knowledge, which uh, in our Vedas there is knowledge that is already there in the Bible, and something which you cannot even find anywhere else in any other scriptures. Also, so that much knowledge is there. So we are learning that. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you for putting up with me for so long. We'll see you in the next tomorrow on how to memorize it for long term. Okay. Now we have, we have learned how to understand the shlokas. Next session is how to memorize. And memorize for the long term. Because you can memorize after one week completely you will forget. Completely. So to keep it in the long term memory and use it and you know all that. There are some systems which can help. Everybody can have their own systems of how they would want to. Because as you learn more and more and more and more verses. You will have such a huge library that you can't practice chanting every one of them every single day. So how to keep it sustainable and at the same time, keep on learning more verses. So, uh, we will try to present some system which can help. Alright. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Jai Shri Prabhupada ki jai. Garantaraj Shri Bhagavatam ki jai. Shri Bhagavad Gita ki jai. Shri Shri Radha Madhan Mohan ki jai. Nitai Gaur Premanande. Hari Hari Bol Anantakoti Vaishnavrind ki jai. Hare Krishna.